Oh, nuts! <laughs> okay. That's the title of the episode. All right. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back to Chapter Chumps. We're your chumps here to talk some chapters. My name's Connor. I'm joined as ever by my two co-hosts, Connor and Josh. Today we're going to be talking about The Return of the King, chapters 5 and 6, The Ride of the Rohirrim, and The Battle of the Pelennor Field. It has been a hot minute since the three of us have been able to sit down and talk books you're telling me um so this is kind of like our glorious return i feel like we ourselves are riding back into the fields of battle (laughs) blowing our horns so powerfully until they burst you know heralding our, our our great our great return you know return of the pod yes yes that'd be cool if that like sounded better yeah. Because Pod and King don't have anything to. They don't. It doesn't work, but, it, you know, but you did try. Wait, does it have to rhyme with King? Or just it's not like it has to rhyme. Kind of I don't know. I just. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if it could rhyme, it'd be great. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. Re- Return of the Ping. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can make a ping noise with the. Uh, with something, and then yeah, that, and that would be Return of the Ping. Yeah, I thought you meant like like network ping. <laughs> like I pinged you. That that is what yeah. I mean. But but that comes from like a ping is meant to be a sound. Like it's a uh, that's where the pinging comes from. I think originally. Yeah, it does feel like we got pinged more back in the day. Like using oh, yeah. AOL Instant Messenger, it was like pings yep. for days. Oh my god! I mean, oh. you ping us whenever we're more than five seconds late to showing up to this. Oh, guys, that's true. I, that's um, true. I I do still say that I I ping people at work when I when I send them a message. Like, I'm do gonna, you I'm really? Gonna... And you're the only person that says that, probably. No, we say we. You we all just use, say like, oh, oh I just pinged go. You. I pinged you back. Yeah, just just ping them to see what's going on. All right, like, so, like a okay. quick like it instead of like poke. It's like yeah. the, the digital equivalent of poke. The thing that's funny about telling someone that you pinged them though is like, is the ping itself not supposed to be the notification? Like you're pinging them and then telling them that you pinged them. No, no, it's like you're when you're telling someone else that you contacted somebody quickly. Like, oh, I like to check in on. Hey, I need I need these these numbers. Uh, kind of kind of like messages it's like oh i i'm waiting on these numbers i pinged structures uh this morning but they haven't gotten back to me yet oh i see wow it feels like we're really getting like a a peek behind the curtain here you know yeah Hmm. well welcome to uh engineering at large companies connor were you gonna say something about like pinging or aol instant messenger or or something i um i i recently found in a very very old screenshot um that i took of uh of uh, an AOL chat room, which uh, with with me and Josh and uh, one of our, our other friends, um, you were not in it, but but I'm it was a s- I'm scared. It was a throwback, and I also can only guess at uh, who the who the other friend was. I don't want to name people. 
We don't name names on the podcast. Yeah, I can Connor. start throwing out names. I bet yeah, I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Uh, you know what? I don't. I don't like. There's to name only. Names. There's only a few people. Like it's. <laughs> I only, don't. Like, I don't like to name names. A, I don't like to name names. There's about three people that would make sense. Well, yeah, no, exactly. But yeah. we'll we'll do that off the pod, as they say. I'll ping you later about it. So can you can you send like a screenshot to us privately? I I definitely will. I I I had meant to because it's a very funny picture and. I, I found a lot of I'm other pictures now. actually that uh that 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 are also fun. very funny that um you found like a like an old uh external hard drive or something no 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 they're all online publicly accessible oh oh fantastic interesting okay well that's fun anyways um so yeah <laughs> welcome back to chapter jumps uh this is kind of our thing we're just three fucking dudes who shoot the shit and talk about books um. We're going to get to, like, the talking about books part. So, Oops. chapter chapter five. Okay, so here's the other thing. Because we, we said there was, like, a break in between this episode and the previous one. Because it was yeah, the like holidays. Um, you know, and our schedules just did not line up. And so it was like, okay, we're going we're gonna to take a break here. Somebody um, had to travel. Yeah, well, you know, there's there's several reasons why. Not any one person's fault. I'm just kidding. I'm really glad we had the last weekend off. I know. But uh, it was, it was uh, you know, I think kind of a mixture of, like, fun jumping back into reading and then also a little disorienting. Just, oh, yeah. It's like, because Tolkien just loves to talk about naming names. 40 fucking names, you know. He's talking to, like describing the battle and he's like the Herodrim yes. and the Airlings. He names and all the, the this names. And, and I'm just like Jesus Christ. I'm like were these characters? What Yeah, the I fuck? glossed over a lot of those. I I did pick up on a new name in the beginning of the chapter, the uh the Vu fuck. Uh I I wrote it down. The Woses. <laughs> Oh um, yeah, yeah. The the who Mary thinks is like the 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 Pukelman or something, and uh, yes, right. The, the wild the wild men of the forest before they reach Gondor proper, and uh, that then there are all these other names that kept popping up, and I just I didn't yeah. count them like you apparently did. Well, I mean, not literally, but like, and and the truth is You're probably close though. The truth is, too, like, the more I read, it's like, I think, I think there's kind of this idea, uh, maybe, that, um, like, it can be hard reading Tolkien because it's like, oh, I can't keep track of all this stuff. But the thing is, is that you, I don't think you need to, like, you can understand the story, like, perfectly, as long as you just know, like, who the fuck Aragorn is. And Gandalf and like a few other, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Out, you know, because uh, he'll there. Like there are like a ton. There is a ton of shit that that you could like fucking, you know, put in an Excel spreadsheet and try to keep tabs on it the whole way through. But like for the most part, you you just don't need to. I can so it was confirm. Kind of funny. I can confirm. Yeah, that I, I don't need all those names. They're just it's just white. It's 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 white noise to me. It was. Yeah, who do you is? <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Exactly right. That's that's who I mean. So yeah, it's like coming back to it. I'm I'm like simultaneously like wow, 
I, I feel like I should be remembering this. And then also, like, eh, I guess it's not that big of a deal, right? Um, it's like I, I, I get the... I get the idea. The funny know. thing for me is is that I feel like I would have been just as lost if I picked it up the day after I I had read the previous chapter. I don't think I, <laughs> I like like I think it would have just been the same. I would have just been like, "What the who the fuck are these people? What are they what are they doing?" Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, obviously we'll talk about that. I I do obviously. I've got some thoughts about about the chapters and all these fucking names. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to get into it. There is one thing I wanted to mention before we talk about the two chapters themselves, because like as I was sort of refreshing my memory, I read the last couple pages of chapter four. It would have been, and that ends with um, Gandalf and the Witch King of Angmar. Oh, facing off. Yeah. Yeah, like they have they. They kind of have a, 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 is, a standoff. Yeah, sorry, it is the Witch King of Angmar. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I remember that being mentioned explicitly, but I, I for some reason I always assumed that was Sauron in some form. Uh, the, the, the Witch King, not, no. not the... Okay, not the who the fuck captain. is the Witch King again? The well, black... The, the, the captain of the Nazgul, the guy who just broke into Gondor's gate. Yeah, the the leader of the Nazgul. The guy okay. I've always confused with Sauron. Yeah, yeah. And Though I was also saying, I was also trying to communicate that the title Witch King of Agmar, I thought that was another name for Sauron, like we thought that oh, the yeah, yeah. necromancer from The Hobbit was Sauron. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Right, I see. Um, well, at any rate, what I wanted to mention, because I... I don't think I said this last time, and it kind of I was struck by this thought um, as I was like rereading those last couple chapters. But uh, when when they like lock eyes, Gandalf and um, the I don't know the Lord of the Nazgul or whatever you want to call him, Gandalf says, "You cannot enter here," and I immediately was like, "Oh, wait a minute." This is you like his standoff with the Balrog. Yeah. yeah. Where he says you cannot pass and we were all like, "Oh, well he doesn't say he doesn't say shall." Uh, and so here I feel like Tolkien sort of has a callback to that moment with the whole like it ain't fucking happening, buddy. Um, you shall not enter here. Yeah. Close the door behind you. <laughs> so, uh, that's it. But I, I did want to throw that out there because I just didn't remember saying that when we were discussing the chapter previously, and I thought that was cool. Neat. And then, yeah, that uh, that leads us into chapter five. And so, like, this whole chapter, we catch back up with Mary, who is, uh, you know, going along with Theoden's army unbeknownst to Theoden and the rest of the group um, as as they're making their way to uh, you know, help Gondor in their time of need. Um, and surprisingly, I did not just read this chapter today, so I feel like my memory might be a little fuzzy, but like, essentially... This chapter is like they're they're making their way through this forest, and Josh mentioned this, but 
they end up meeting like the the natives, the wild men of the the forest, who kind of show them this uh, shortcut, which is an old road made by men of ages past, and uh, it's able to get them to where they need to be quicker than they would have been. And then, you know, the the wild men are like, okay, you go kill the orcs now. Thanks. And then they leave. And then Theoden and the Rohirrim and Aemir and Durnhelm and Mary, they all make their way into, you know, uh, a glorious battle. And, uh, and that's sort of it. Like this chapter flows into the next, as we're going to be discussing where, uh, it'll, it'll, you know, go into detail of the battle itself. But this is pretty much like, uh, the, the Rohirrim, how they get to where they need to be and what happens upon them getting there initially before like the true battle takes place so with that all being said josh how long ago did you read this chapter like weeks i read it on sunday no i I read it on yeah i knew we were gonna be waiting and i was reading a bunch of other stuff and the opposite of reading uh a bunch of other stuff and uh so I, I didn't get to it until this past Sunday when we had a nice little snowstorm and I was nice and cozy in my living room uh, reading. That does sound pleasant. Yeah, I, I and I wanted to be more up to date with the uh, the stuff in my head than reading it like three weeks ago and having no idea what the fuck we're talking about right now. Right. What about but you, then I, Did you read it today? Yes, yeah, I, I read both chapters um, when I got back from work tonight. Nice. But, I mean, I, I, a- I, I knew they were short, so I knew I could do it. I wasn't stressed about it. And if, if it was longer than I would have started earlier, probably. Who knows? I mean, this, yeah. this was the week to do it, to do it that way because of the, uh, the, how short these were <clears throat> page count-wise. Connor, you mentioned that, um, that, that you didn't just finish reading today yeah but it wasn't that long ago i read the first chapter like i don't know three days ago maybe just because i like was sitting around and i had time and i I saw it was a short chapter so i was like oh i might as well finish it and then today i read the second chapter so neat um it is kind of crazy how short these chapters are like these i think literally are the shortest chapters in all of Lord of the Rings. I don't think there was a they single fucking be. chapter this short, even in Fellowship. Like, Right. Yeah, no, I didn't even think of it in that, that context, but you're almost certainly right. I love it. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah, this is, reminds us of the old uh, Hitchhiker's days, right? Yeah, for <laughs> real. Man. The infamous one-paragraph chapter. Good times. <laughs> yeah, um... So, as usual, I do have some notes here, but I guess I'm wondering if also as usual, like, is there any 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 general thoughts you might want to share first? Anything specific in the chapter you want to call attention to? Anywhere you want to start? 
Yeah. Or should I mean, we just go down the list? What do you I, think? I, I do want to say up front, that, you know, my, my thoughts on the chapter are, are pretty simple. Um, it's boring. It's, it's, it's really not a, I, it's not a great chapter. I didn't, I mean, um, I realized halfway through, like, I don't care about these characters. Like, um, <laughs> the, the okay, only character I care. Okay, okay. So the the only character I I care about in this chapter is is Mary. That's that's yeah, okay. the only character that I care about, and I do. And and he's he's good in this chapter. You know, watching everything go go down. You know, um, but like even like Theoden, I don't I don't give a shit about him. I don't care about him. Yeah. Um, I like Theoden. I just I don't know. He's nothing to me. You know, like. Um, just words on a page. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so that I was like, that, that's like why I am not. It just it didn't really do too much for me. And then the um, the wild men, uh, you know, especially Gon Buri Gon. Is that his name or close whatever? enough? Yeah, yeah. He's just a tree bared ripoff. Like he he's obviously not a tree <laughs> person, but. But he like he plays that role, and but it's but it's not as as good, you know. He he doesn't do it as well. Um, so when so he was first described, I thought he was going to be Radagast the Brown. I don't know if you thought that either, Connor. Um, no, because I didn't think he was in these books. But yeah, I didn't think so either. But then they announced they he started talking about this tree person who was like hunched over and had a beard and was just like part forest. It's like that sounds like Radagast, kind of. Yeah. No, that's true. So, so it's just a, um, you know, like like those are the two main takeaways I think uh, that I got from this chapter. Um, it's it's another kind of transitory chapter where it takes us to uh, 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 an, an actual interesting thing that goes on. Yeah, um, and I know I'm being harsh. You know, like there's there's obviously redeeming qualities and I wasn't, and, and it like, wasn't even close to the, the, the worst of the worst of, of walking around the woods, you know, like, um, at the very least we were building up to something, you know, and, uh, and, you know, I do kind of like it, it, it's both this chapter and the next kind of play with your play with your, um, sense of hope and optimism and you know um it's it's kind of toyed with you're you know you kind of do kind of you you know feel like you are on the battlefield and um things are like kind of looking up at the end of this chapter and then that changes a few times again in the next chapter and that's something that i did did like yeah and i i appreciate you 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 know mentioning the things that uh you you found enjoyment in at least too but you know obviously um i'm fine with you know being a hater having some criticisms like uh so if you got shit to call out you have my full support and you know really what i'm what i am curious about because the way that you said it was reading through this chapter you're like wow i really don't like give a shit about any of these characters um like, I guess I'm wondering if, is that really a revelation that you had in this chapter? Or was it more so that, like, this chapter just amplified 
that understanding. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, um. I, I. I think it was. It. It wasn't really new, but but it was just putting words to, um, like the feel, like like explaining why I feel this way. Like it's not because. Um, the chapter is necessarily that boring. It's just because the guys that are doing the things in the chapter, I don't care about. Like if it was Aragorn and, um, you know, Gandalf, like, right. It was a d- different story. Like, um, just, just Theoden and, and his, his, his people, um, are, I just really find them boring. You know, he was way more interesting when he was under the spell. Yeah. After that, like I feel like his character took a nosedive. Right. For me. And he was only under the spell for like five pages, which we I also know. Yeah. We also kind of uh took issue with. Yeah. yeah. And I mean and, and I think that's yeah, he showed like, up and then was cured. I, yeah. I just think there's too much focus. Like he's just he like like his character doesn't warrant being such a focus, even though obviously he's he is like a king, you know, but um uh, make it more interesting. I don't know. Make him have, yeah. uh, like, make him swear a lot or something. I don't know. <laughs> or have, you know, like I a, do think, uh, you know, a drug habit or something. I do think, uh, yeah, that's an easy way to make a character more interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> totally. just uh, getting fucked up the whole time. Yeah. Um, I do feel like Tolkien, we've also spent a lot of time talking about how, like, he'll make a character and then he'll have a foil to that character. Um and at some point in the two towers he really got it in his head that he wanted to have like these two diametrically opposed kings and it's like theoden it seems to me is meant to you know represent like good just virtuous leadership and then we've seen from um uh fucking Minas Tirith right here with uh, with Denethor, the steward. Um, he's he's sort of like the other side of the coin to that where when when the shit hits the fan, he's like, all right, I'm going to fucking kill myself and I'm going to fucking kill my son and we're all going to fucking die. And yeah. it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, well, that's the thing. It's it's like, I, I mean, I that's infinitely more interesting. And yeah, like. I almost wish that Theoden was like the extreme end of the other side. You know what I mean? Like, but I, but he's not, he just seems like milk toast leader. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. And I guess I just think, I feel like Tolkien is more interested in writing about Theoden as like a representative of an idea of leadership rather than being a character yeah, in his yeah, own yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's spot on. So, I yeah, I get why that um, can feel like it falls flat. Personally, I, yeah, it's like I kind of do hesitate. It's like, do I like Theoden? I don't know. But I like what Tolkien does with Theoden. But, like, you're right. Like, if you were going to describe Theoden, it's like, well he's good and uh yeah i know i mean yeah gandalf saved him yeah so there you have it um but i do think it's interesting so thanks for bringing it up 
I think I started to enjoy theater more after we watched the two towers and I'd had a more of a face to put to it. Like, I, I feel like the character in the movie had more life to him and that's kind of translating over into this book. It's like, oh, I know who this is now. So I feel like I can follow him along, follow along with him in the, uh, the book a bit better. Hmm. Yeah, I get that. I'm often picturing movie characters as I'm reading the book. So, um, well, I guess with that being said, Josh, was there anything you wanted to start with too, or, or anything you want well, to I mention? Already, I already brought up how I thought. Uh, well, first off, we got the the Woses again. Woses. I kept reading that as Moses, like pronouncing it as Moses, but with a W. Woses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I already said how I thought the uh, this new guy. Wait, wait, wait! Can we can we stay on the woes woeses for one second though? Sure. Because I, I just had one quick note about them, which was that. So you you may recall, I believe it would have been our last episode, but like they those old statues, the the Pukelman or whatever. Yep. Um, I was kind of theorizing, hey, you know, I think maybe. Those statues and these roads were made by, like, the ancient people of this land, which would have been, you know, maybe the people who broke the oath that Aragorn is leading, you know? But this this line here, I took a note of it because it just seems to say, no, it's not that. It's just made from the wild men of the woods, you know? Did it? Wait, did it explicitly say they made it? Well, okay, no, but Mary says that the the Pukelmen statues and the wild men of the woods that they see here are like exact matches. They they look the same, yes. So I took and that to mean that they made they made it in like their own image in the past, like Yeah, okay, yeah. When I read that, I read it as I interpreted it as more as the Pukelmen the people who made the Pukelmen were the ancestors of the wild men. The wild men kind of descended from them at not quite like a, like they are the same people, but like, um, have you ever read the time machine by HG Wells? HG Wells? I have. So they're going to be like so, giant 80 foot crabs in the future. <laughs> I was thinking a little less far future, but the Morlocks and the, um, the other the, 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 the white the, ape things, right? Those yeah, like and then the, and like they're like the little people, like the little kids, and then the warlocks who eat them, and that's kind of what I was thinking was the situation here. Like the the Pukulman statues were one race, and they gave birth to I don't know the people of Gondor and the the wild men. Yeah, it could be like two different lineages. So that's yeah, that's kind of how I interpreted that, but the the. Maybe the wild men have more of a resemblance to the Puka men after all these years. I could be wrong. I'm sure it's yeah. written down somewhere and explicitly in the Cimmerillion, like the man who carved the statue that they had their picnic under in chapter three is the great to the power of 17 grandfather of this guy who just showed up yeah. in this chapter. Yeah. No, I mean, like, like we always say, it's like all, all the stuff we don't know, it's safe to say that someone knows. So, yes. uh, it's just if they not don't know. Us. God only knows. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that's really all I had to say on the on the woeses, though. I just felt like, oh, like there seems to be a connection between them and yeah. the the wild men. That yeah. So we got that. 
Uh, I already mentioned how the the leader reminded me of Radigast. So Maybe think it was Radigast first. Um, oh, when before they meet the Wild Men. Um, after I'm trying to figure out who one of the random lieutenants or captains like tripped over Mary. Yes. And he calls him uh, pack yourself up master bag and he vanished into the shadow. I thought that might be a play on master baggins, which is what uh, Bilbo and I think Frodo was called that at one point. Well, that so. is, that is funny. Cause he's, I, being, he's referring to, to Mary as Barry has referred to himself as baggage. Yes, exactly. Like he, he is like a bag to these people, like just another bag on the horse. So I thought that was kind of interesting where this, this, uh, uh, Rowering, uh, refers to him as master bag, which is a, a syllable away from other hobbits who have been called mis- master baggins. Yeah. Yeah. And that right. may or may not be intentional. What I thought was funny about that too, is, uh, when that guy trips on Mary and then like mistakes him for a bag, Mary says, uh, well, I don't know what the exact line is, but my note here is that he just immediately tells him he's a hobbit. Yep. And I'm like, isn't this supposed to be a fucking secret, Mary? Isn't literally nobody in the fucking army supposed to know you're here and you're just going to loudly announce you're a hobbit? There's only one person you could be if you're a hobbit, Mary. It's just you. Like, why are we fucking delivering this message without any reservations? He's not supposed I, to be there. I figured it was like he well, he, he's so far along now that it doesn't matter if he's not supposed to be there. And secondly, I figured it's he's uh, just kind of fed up and just like had enough. So he's just saying so he just isn't really thinking about secrecy anymore. Excuse me. Yeah, I guess. I'm a, I mean, it didn't really bother me. I just, I took a note because I was like, why are you <laughs> advertising this? Fair. So, yeah. Okay, I'll uh, I'll read a note next. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you, but yeah, go ahead. So, we've already covered some of them, but the next one I wanted to read, there's this passage here on page one... I, in my copy, it's page 109. Josh is on page 1,000 something, and Lord knows what it 36. is for Connor. I really wasn't sure if I was exaggerating, but that's hilarious. Nope. It really is 1,000. I'm on 1,036, 1, right now. Wow. Yeah, that that really the, is. The funny. end of the chapters that we read, uh, 1,059. Yeah. Damn. So, uh, at some point in your reading, you passed 1,039, right? Yeah, I did. Nice. Yet to get to 1,240. Nice. I didn't think it... Shout out to Green Dudes, 1,039. Um, I was gonna say where... What was I gonna fucking read? I lost my... I should make note of that chapter. (laughs) Sorry. I, I flipped the page 1240, and all I read was, Hey, Knob! Oh, wow. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Feels like that message was for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it says, um... Wow. 
Something about the accursed darkness. Why can't I find... You know, I don't mean to uh, grind this to a screeching halt here. I'm the one shouting, hey, knob. Oh, I found it. Okay. This is what Amir says. Our enemy's devices off-serve us in his despite. The accursed darkness itself has been a cloak to us, and now, lusting to destroy Gondor and throw it down, stone from stone, his orcs have taken away my greatest fear. The outwall could have been held long against us. Now we can sweep through if once we win so far. And I just wanted to uh, call attention to that line because Tolkien is again showing us that like Sauron's power is made to be his weakness. Yep. And I like that that's a message that he delivers continually because I, I love it thematically. I love the idea of, you know, that victory is not just ensured by raw power, right? Like when, when two forces collide, it's not always just about pure strength that's going to decide who wins that encounter. And so Sauron is, of course, stronger um, and and yet, like it's his arrogance and his self-assuredness that that um, seems to be leading to his defeat. And then, on like a more practical level, you know, where it's it's kind of a bit more like you know nerdy uh, fixing of the glasses, where it's like, well. If Sauron is so powerful, then why is it that a force of such meager strength is able to <laughs> withstand this onslaught? And it's like, well, bitch, read the book. It's right there, you know? Um, so I, I liked that moment because, you know, Tolkien has taken a lot of time, I think, actually, to show that, like, this this epic encounter, this epic confrontation, um, it's not just a matter of the good guys win because that's what has to happen in the story. It is ultimately that, right? Because Tolkien is writing an, an epic where the good guys Have are going to win. win. Um, but, but, but I think the way that he writes about it is compelling and the weaknesses that he creates for his enemies especially Sauron himself I think are intriguing um and so it's it's cool to see Aemir like kind of shout that out because like people have been cowering over this perpetual darkness for several chapters now which is you know like it's like the sun rises and there's no fucking sun and everyone thinks they're gonna die and yet it actually is something that our heroes can use to their advantage in this moment. So yeah, that's cool to, too. They don't have to worry about the uh, the wall getting in the way. Apparently, I yeah. honestly, I I was trying to make an effort in the beginning when we started reading to be like, all right, they're here on the map and here on the map, and they've gone this far, and I just lost track so quickly of where everybody was. And every yeah. now and then it's be like, oh, I can find this place that he's mentioning on the map. But like he, when he, when stuff starts happening in the battle, I have no idea where anybody is or what's going on. Yeah. 
I agree. Um, it would actually be uh, great if there was a close-up, like if there was on the back of the map of Middle Earth, like a, a map just of like Minas Tirith and the surrounding area. That would have been yeah, great. There's one of Gondor, but it's not close enough. Hmm. It like uh, this one in your book. You have that. This one. Oh. I don't yeah. think I have that. That's cool. It, I mean, it's close, but I don't even see Pelennor on here. So, mm. like, Minas Tirith is literally still just a dot. Um, Os- and it's, like, half an inch, not even, from Osgiliath on, on this print. Um, and then, so, like, they're currently in... When they're talking with uh, Gonbury Gon... They're near Islandok, I think, or Emmendin, Greywood, like the the Druidan Forest, and that, um, like, sorry, there's a bunch of whole bunch of stuff, um, and then that's apparently like a day's march away, and it's only like an inch on the map. So yeah. The thing that really tripped me up as I was reading is at the end of this chapter that we're discussing, mm-hmm. they mention that um, Theoden and the rest of his army, like, they, they reach the outer walls, you know? And, like, they're, they're fighting orcs, and they can, like, see the fire burning off in the distance. And I was like, oh, they must be on, like, the the seventh tier of... Minas Tirith or whatever. This must be like the farthest, most outer wall. I was like, wow. And there's still, there's a line or something that says they're like still 10 miles away from the city. I'm like, wow, this is a huge fucking wall. They're 10 miles away. But as I started to read the next chapter, it kind of feels like they're not at Minas Tirith at all. And I'm like, what the fuck is the outer wall? Like, does this have nothing to do with Minas Tirith? Like, is this just like a fence? Like, where the fuck are they? I think it may just be like a like a border wall or something. Like, I thought they got to Minas Tirith like three separate times, but (laughs) I I don't think they've even been there once yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I know exactly what you mean. I I think I had like the same like reaction. I don't remember exactly where in the book, but I, I do remember feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah, because because isn't there like a, a a thought that Mary has like like he wishes he could get to um, Pippin, but yeah, but he can't, and it seems like it was because he's too far away. I, I mean, so I was confused about that too, because then because because there are a lot of moments where it seems like they are right up like all up in the shit with in in Minas Tirith or right on the edge of it. Um, so I yeah, it's. It's it's poor writing. Definitely. I do think it's like, it, you know really what I think it is? Because I know where we're taking the piss a bit. It's funny to say to call Tolkien a bad writer. <laughs> but I think that Tolkien is actually so specific that it circles back around where it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, he knows. He yeah. knows perfectly. He could tell you. It kind of I bites him in the bum. It bites him in the bum. Yeah. yeah. Something's Honestly, that's something, that's something I always fear I'm doing when I'm writing. Some things, like, Wait, am um, I getting too specific here? Some things are better kept vague, you know? 
Yeah, or or at least uh, maybe just like one more sentence on what the outer wall is. I mean, like something to denote that we are not at Minas Tirith, even though Tolkien needs to it describe kind of feels like shit we are. more. Yeah. Yes, that's that's a that's a slippery slope. That would be a very dangerous. It'd be like, hey, Tolkien, I think maybe we need a little more description here. Oh, sure, gotcha, buddy. Ten pages, no problem. <laughs> No, no, just like ten words. No, no, no. I, I, a book? I, Got I, it. I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm going to tell you exactly who made the wall 4,000 years ago. Yep. In no problem. <laughs> no problem. I got you. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's that. Um, hey, so what about, like, Josh has mentioned Gonbury Gon, who's sort of the, uh, the leader yeah, our, our representative character of these wild men, I believe, as they're referred to, um, who help the uh, Rohirrim, you know, the, the forces of Edoras, navigate their way through this uh, unknown terrain in order to get to Minas Tirith sooner, or to Gondor, maybe I should say. It doesn't matter. Um, I, think they're, I think they're technically in Go the land of Gondor. Right, they're and in Gondor and not yet at Minas Tirith. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think so, too. Um, so, you know, what I was wondering is, what do you make of Gonbury Gon or the Wild Men themselves? Because I have to say for myself, I was a little bit in between, like, what side of the trope here is Tolkien landing on? Where it's like, is it the really cool white guy knights in shining armor being like, hey, thanks, natives, for helping us. <laughs> We're just going to go now. Um, or is it a bit of, like, giving power to the people even at the most, like, fundamental level and, and like, not writing off cultures and peoples with like lesser technology you know what i mean because uh, i yeah, i no, kind I of read it a bit of both ways at times and i'm not here to say that tolkien's taking a stance but it, it just feels like it it feels like it's rubbing up against something that's at least worth mentioning and i, I was wondering if either of you had any thoughts one way or the other on that if you get what I'm asking there. Uh, I don't think I picked up on those two specific choices you gave. Um, or some secret like, third thing. No, not even that. I, <laughs> I, I think it was more, I, when I was reading that, it was more just like, how do I, how do I word this? The, uh, I don't even know. I think it may have been more in the second. Like what? What I, I interpreted, because um, they, I, I was kind of getting that the the Roaring were pretty much lost, or well, no, they they weren't lost. They were they were trying to gather more information, and these people had the information they needed, and they were just working together. They were they were different, um, uh, different factions with a similar goal, and they they needed to. Uh, work together in order to achieve that goal, which was to kill orcs and not get killed in the process. Yes. So that that's I I, I guess I kind of took it at that face value. 
Yeah, which I think is exactly what Tolkien would want you to do as a reader. He, <laughs> he would tell me to shut the fuck up, so. <laughs> um, anything from Stop you on that, Connor? Too, <laughs> too deeply into this. Now let's go watch the title, <laughs> yeah, right. the, the Dark What the fuck the is South. a metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> Now let's go watch the, all the, the Knights in Shining Armor kill all the, the dark men from the south. Yeah, don't think about it. <laughs> um, no, Connor. Josh. Yes. I, 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 think you're, uh, I think you're right. I think both of those things are there. Um, and maybe, maybe even consciously, um, because he chooses to, to include a point where, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong or misinterpreting things, but... Um, where you know there, uh, the uh, Rohirrim or the you know Theoden's people or whatever are are like, um, like yeah, Theoden's help us, say. help us, and and uh, you know we'll make sure you're you're safe and you'll be a friend of ours and stuff like that, and then, um, and then uh, what's his face? Go go go! What is it again? I think Josh Gunbury is right. Gone. Something like Gunbury Gun, Gone. Gunbury Gone um, kind of ends it on a note where it's like, well, we'll help you, you know, because we have common enemies, but then just like leave us the fuck alone, please. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like, like just, just let us live our lives get, and yeah. Get them off our lawn, then get off our lawn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, that, that's exactly what he asks for is just no contact. So, you know, like, yeah. Just, and no. I think. I think that's Let very telling. Um, so, but perhaps that was intentional um, on the part of Tolkien, um, you know, to represent the perspective of like uh, maybe a native person. I don't know. Um, but reading it, you know, I I did not, I I didn't really pick up on that just because I was I was just rolling my eyes like, oh man, it just kind of feels like we're doing a another tree beard thing which is which yeah. maybe you can even apply the same thing to right you really can because it's it's like oh they're they're destroying our land they're destroying the our and you know the environment we live in so i think that's i i, I think that that is present not just with um with this character but but throughout the the book so yeah yeah that i mean that's interesting i think it's just i zero in on it more when like with the Ents, you know, they're a fantasy creature. They're like, what if trees were people? So it feels more totally. representative of an idea. Yeah. Whereas like when Tolkien is like, no, these are just humans. It feels very different. Like I, I, I find myself thinking you know, a lot about the Herodrim and the Southrons, you know, it, like Josh was even just kind of made a really great quip about before. It's like, it's, it's really interesting when our heroes aren't just, slaying orcs where it's like okay whatever like who cares they're they're fucking goblins or whatever and then they're like killing humans and it's like oh shit well they're the bad ones right you know um it is i i think there is a tension there when he does that but i think it's a deliberate tension like he's choosing to do that these all of these characters could be orcs that they're killing so easily and yet he's like no these are people so i i find myself to be very intrigued when he makes those distinctions in that way and and yeah and here he does it for like the good guys josh what were you what i you think know, you want to you know say something the, there 
Yeah, the the Wozes, you know who they they remind me of? No, I I just made this connection. The the fucking swamp people from Avatar, the last airbender. The <laughs> oh yeah. Bend, the waterbenders who are just like dressed in leaves and, and yes. like bending the vines everywhere. That's who I think the Wozes are. As the Wozes is. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I think that's the same it's like same energy as they say, you know? Yeah, just very in tune with nature. Um Pants are illusion. Death is illusion in silver pants or something. Whatever that line was. Yeah, good one. Forgot about that. But I, but I do like that. That that feels yeah. that that feels very much in line with uh, with what's happening here. I think too. Um. <clears throat> well, you know there is. Um, I have, I have like maybe like two more notes I want to touch on here, and I I do feel yeah. pretty ready to get to this next chapter. I know Connor's ready. Connor is fucking ready to get to the chapter where stuff actually happens. No, so. no, we can linger on this chapter. It's fine. I also have two more uh, for this chapter. This you want to go ahead, Josh? Time. All right. Um. Yeah, I can. Let's see. What's this like to do? Uh. At one point, Gunbergon says, "It is all dark, but it is not all night." When sun come we, when sun comes we feel her even when she is hidden. Already she climbs over east mountains. It is opening day in the sky fields. But that that line of when the sun comes we feel her and it, uh, when all's dark it's, it is not all night. Uh, I, I felt like that may have been a metaphor for hope in the darkest of times. And that and that's what it made me feel uh, think of when I was reading. Yeah, because <clears throat> we've been reading this whole time that it's literally been like three days of darkness so far yeah and no, i think that's absolutely i think that's absolutely like, what he was saying yeah and is basically like sun's still there i can feel it and we're it doesn't mean just because it's dark doesn't mean it's not there which usually that is what it means but <laughs> in the real world yeah you know it makes me think of one of the best lines in the sequel trilogy from one of the few films that actually tried to say something if you if you only believe in the sun when you can see it, you'll never make it through the night. It's something like that. Yep. God, Sorry, Josh. A... I, I, I didn't mean to trigger you with a Star Wars opinion. I know that you're no, holding back no, right I, now. <laughs> I was holding... I almost said somehow Palpatine returned. I was going to throw in like, a <laughs> stupid quote. And I stopped myself because I thought of the stupidest quote. And I did it. That wasn't even close to what I, the vibe I was trying to go for. It. Oh, man. man that, and that, I actually that, wanted that, to hear uh, what, you wanted, what you had to say. That trilogy yeah. of movies is, was really good. I mean, if it wasn't a Star Wars trilogy, it would have been good. Just as of oh films. god, I have so many thoughts. Maybe we do need to read a Star Wars book next. I don't as know. Films that I were just like really many, good. I'm hoping we read a Star Wars book next. Oh god. Okay. Um, no, Josh. I I like that you shout. And I like that you know it's like kind of like what you're saying about Gone Barigon is like the 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 more I don't know uh, primitive waterbenders, right? It's like they have that connection to nature that. Um, you know, these, these more regal and affluent men from, from the Mark, from Edoras, from Rohirrim, you know, these fuckers, like, they, uh, there are pros and cons to this whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and it does seem like Tolkien's trying to, to say that, like, there's, 
there is like a, a stronger understanding to the natural world from these people, like because they choose to be more connected to it. Like they're like the creation of technology will inherently separate you by degrees from that natural world until, you know, you're like, Oh, well there, where the fuck is the sun? And you know, gone Burry gone is like, it's right there. You know, can't you feel it? Yeah. Um, so it is a cool thing to point out. And if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of piggyback off that. Cause I, I have a it. note on an, okay. So, um, it was, what was it? It was, um, you know, I thought it was about the light, but actually it was about, um, I guess the, the wild men themselves, and there, there was this uh, line, it says, Yet to no heart in all the hosts, referring to the Rohirrim, came any fear that the wild men were unfaithful, strange and unlovely though they might appear. And again, we kind of get this reoccurring idea from Tolkien as well, that I feel like started all the way back in Fellowship, where, you know, they meet Strider and... Frodo says something to the effect of, well, if you were really in league with Sauron, you would look fairer and feel fouler. And here the the wild men are refer you know, they're they're described as like unappealing and kind of gross and weird. But it's from these unassuming and maybe even like unpleasant to these civilized in really big quotes for the record <laughs> eyes um that they're able to receive this aid and so it 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 does kind of feel like Tolkien is again like sending this message where it's like yeah essentially don't judge a book by its cover but but I do think I do think it's a bit m more nuanced than that even though it's it's hard for me to articulate it sometimes but um, but I like that that is there too. Yeah. Josh, you got one more note? Yeah. Uh, it's actually the end of the chapter. Um, the last, it's right when they start charging in the battle, I think. Um, do, do, do. yeah, everyone rides off. Uh, roared like breaking foaming at the shore. Uh, do, do, do. see that could not be overtaken. And uh, he was born up on Snowbane like a god of old, even as Orome the Great in the Battle of Valar when the world was young. His golden shield was uncovered, and lo, it shone like an image of the sun, and the grass flamed into green about the white field of his steed. For morning came, morning and a wind of the sea, from the sea, and darkness was removed, and the hosts of Mordor wailed, and terror took them. And they fled and died, and the hoofs and wrath rode over them. And then all the hosts of the Rohan burst into song, and they sang as they slew, for the joy of battle was on them, and the sound of their singing was fair and terrible, came even to the city. And my note here is kind of like a four-part note. At the very end of the chapter, we get, in, the, in that paragraph I read, half a yeah. paragraph, we get a new name and battle from history that we're supposed to compare the new guy to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And by new guy, I think I just meant Theoden. Yes. Um... The new guy it is now like a god of light, 
because all of a sudden he, he his shield is shining gold and the and morning comes after it's been like three days of darkness from the from basically like this world Satan. Um uh, uh yeah, three morning came and four, uh we got another song. But it's about murder. <laughs> yes. Yeah, true. <laughs> we all that in half a pa- half a paragraph. Yeah, and you know what's even funnier? Because Josh, my last note is the same as your last note. I love you for it. It's like <laughs> we're in tandem here. Um, but not only—it's like half a paragraph. I'm pretty damn sure what you read is one sentence. Like that's the fun. That's what was funny to me, because Tolkien keeps saying and, 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 and the sentence never ends. And I'm just like, you're what right. The fuck? See, there's the exclamation point after low, but the but the next word is still lowercase after that. I'm reading through it real quick. Aha, no, okay. Uh, the first end of the... he seemed to... Uh, uh, and the grass flamed at the green and the white feet at his steed. That is one paragraph. And then, for morning came... Uh, uh, and the hoofs of wrath rode over them. That's the next... That's three sentences. So what I read, what I read was three sentences. Yeah, I see. You're right, and then the yeah, and it's just it is um, a lot of commas. You're you're right. <laughs> it is, and it's like, and there, there's, I I want to jump back into like some of your points too, but just on the like the prose itself, I guess it's funny because I'm I'm on two two thoughts of it because like one, it's hilarious to me that. If, if anyone showed, like, if someone wrote this sentence, you know, you'd be like, this is a fucking run-on sentence. You can't write this way, you know? This is, this is of a style that is, like, so, so alien to us. It, it feels like a mistake. And, like, on that same thought, this was a, a passage that really really made me stop and consider how Tolkien, as it's often said, you know, set out to create the Lord of the Rings to be a modern day epic. And this is exactly how all the translations of epic texts read from the Iliad and the Odyssey and, you know, whatever else. I'm not a fucking expert here, but I have read... (laughs) the basics like that and um you get a lot of ands you get a lot of things that would feel like wow this is taking fucking forever and yet like it's exactly that kind of style that that lends it that sense of epic storytelling so i really appreciated it and it's like also it's also funny to me that on like the same like tied into that like that's how kids write i'm (laughs) i'm a a a teacher in an elementary school and that's exactly you know if you ask a kid to write about their day they're only going to write you one sentence but there's going to be 10 ands in there sorry 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 i didn't um you are a substitute teacher just wanted to clarify (laughs) (laughs) he's got you there oh i really thought you had something like of value to share but 
No, well, it's at, just okay. a, it's just a quip from the peanut gallery. Well, here, here's my my, my little n- nugget of wisdom for you guys. Okay, about that is um I I do I I really do believe a lot of those silly rules are are made up and um a lot of times you know kids are are very good storytellers and and uh, in in the purest way you know and so. Uh, their their brain isn't addled with with the rules that we've we've learned from um, from bitter uh, substitute English teachers, you know, marking our papers with uh, you know <laughs> incorrect uses of uh, what the fuck ever. Yeah, no, I, yeah, exactly right, and and it really goes to show that as with as with any rule, because yes, all rules are made up and created, right? that uh it's it's always it's always that tension between oh well the rules originated from somewhere right there's there's some reason why people made it and yet there's an exception to every rule like you can always 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 break a rule as long as you do it beautifully as long as you do it with intent and merit and yeah certainly not to say as long as you could break any fucking rule any way you want but I think it's more likely that an audience will resonate and respond to your rule breaking if you do it with the knowledge of the rules that you're breaking and why. And I do feel like Tolkien is doing that here. Yeah, amen. Well, there you have it. Um, Josh, I want to go back to what you were saying about the morning and like the dawn and the sun. What do you think is the deal with that? Um, I don't know. I wonder if like Sauron's power may have faltered at some point, or if it's just like all the good guys coming together, Gandalf was able to pull something out of his ass. Um, it really does sound like Theoden's the one who like brought the sun. Mm. Um, or maybe it's just whenever the Rohan show up that it, they only show up at sunrise like they did at uh, um, Helm's Deep. Interesting. I didn't think about Helm's Deep. I didn't think of it until just now. <laughs> well, but it's just that scene of the movie in in Two Towers when Gandalf and the other riders just show up, and and Gandalf just like raises his staff, and all the orcs die in the, in the morning because they are like Minecraft mobs or something. Um, and then the battle finishes up when they get eaten by the trees. Right. You know, that, um, that classic cinema moment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's the suddenly the humongous problem is immediately resolved. <laughs> um, when I was reading this chapter on its own before I got to the next one, my, my last note in uh, connection to what you were saying is why does mourning seem to literally return? And uh, I was, like, really stuck on that. Well, yeah, and I... uh, I'm mentioning it because I felt like after reading the next chapter, I got the context where I I feel like I have an answer. Okay. Um, My thing was... um, I want to come back to it. Okay, so I was going to ask if you wanted to share that. My thing was that there's, like, a, a few points where people were like, oh, I feel... I feel a change in the wind there's a wind yes. change yep. and and uh at a certain point i was like oh wait this isn't metaphorical this is real the wind's actually changing direction oh, and, yeah um 
I mean, I think it might be just be both. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They they started to feel optimistic, you know, for a moment, and and the wind is is literally changing direction. But um, I thought that was funny. Yeah, I I do think it's it is both, right? That's the thing, like. And that's also, like, part of what feels confusing sometimes, I guess, speaking for myself, reading Tolkien, is it, you're like, oh, is this literal or is this a metaphor? Because it feels like a lot of the times it's like, is there really green fire in Gollum's eyes? Like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Um, and then I, I guess it kind of does turn out a lot of times the answer is both. It really is both. There's thematic understanding and there's literal understanding. Um, as we discuss this next chapter, chapter six, I am going to want to build off that idea because yeah, again, I, um, I felt unsure about the chapter ending that way in chapter five. And then as I read chapter six, I was like, Oh, I think I get it a bit more. So we'll continue that conversation after we take a quick five-minute break, unless we want to say anything else about this chapter? No. No? I think we have all my notes. But I can guarantee we'll have a whole lot to say about the next chapter after a quick word from our sponsors. We are damn sponsors. Right. Hey, okay, welcome back. We are going to be discussing Chapter 6, The Battle of the Pelennor Field. But you know that after a break, you know, we can't just, it's like, what, we're just gonna hit record and start talking about the fucking book? No, we gotta ease into it a little bit. We, yeah, absolutely we do. And so, my question to you, it's a classic question, what are we drinking tonight, boys? Mm, great water, question. as always. Great question. Um, water from where, Josh? From the tap? From a filter? Filter in my, in my fridge, as always. And the filtered water is, it, it's originally from the tap, but then all just the, the yucky stuff is yeah. filtered out. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now, have you tried um, drinking the the tap water where you live, like, just, just plain, just, just raw dog in it? I mean, that's, I do drink the tap water when I, like, brush my teeth and stuff, but. But not intentionally. Does it, does it, does it taste different? Sometimes you probably can't tell because his, he, you know, he's, he's probably like, yeah, it tastes a little minty, but it, it's just because he has toothpaste in his mouth that he thinks that. <laughs> good point. Good point. He's like, oh, the, oh, you know, I mean, all I, these, all, you know, all the gunk in here that makes it minty. I mean, I, that's. I, I use brushing my teeth as like the example of when I would most often drink from the tap. It's. I have a, a water filter, so majority of my water goes through the filter, but I do. Like if I, like I just got home or something, or I, I, like am washing my hands for whatever reason, then I'll, I'll sometimes just drink from the tap if I'm thirsty in that mm, moment. It, okay, it here's, really depends. It's more it's more about just reducing the level of exposure to whatever is actually in the tap water. Here's my other question, Josh, in terms of water drinking, because yeah, I notice you always have the same water bottle that you drink from mostly um recently there was a twitter thread that uh, i came across that was discussing how <clears throat> guys um 
generally, uh, uh, some some guys have a habit of drinking their tap water out of like a plastic souvenir cup, and I was like, that's crazy because that's that is how I drink my water, and I even took a picture of the cup that I use all the fucking time and posted it as a response to that on the chapter chumps account because i was like what the fu-? i was like that's crazy i never realized <laughs> I that i was one. doing like a guy thing because i don't consider myself like a guy guy you know i mean i'm a guy but you know what i mean like i'm not like a man's yeah. man and yet i was like oh shit okay that's kind of funny i never i never thought of it that way and you know it's twitter i'm not saying that they're right i'm just saying that it was a funny observation but here's why I'm asking it, Josh. Do you always drink your water out of the same water bottle or I, no? I mostly use the same water bottle because it it's uh, insulated. It, it's off-brand thermos. Um, so it, it keeps the water cold for longer. Uh, and I since I it and it's it's weird. I say that because my next sentence I drink the water so quickly ice just gets in the way of putting in more water so have it, it it's more useful at night actually because it, it keeps the water cold all night um and i forgot where i was going with this but something about so, enjoying ice cold water yeah no i i, I like water cold uh it's decent capacity it's like 19 ounces and uh that's 562 milliliters for anyone listening in in the rest of the world and uh but in in what instances do you it's not also durable well, yeah but but do you ever not drink out of that do you, you 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 do drink out of other cups yeah i have like a little plastic cup i i use when i'm brushing my teeth so it is a little plastic uh, cup. no no but like 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 a bathroom like cup like from, from oh the tiny right? little okay but yeah. that's I mean yeah like that kind of thing um uh, most other things I I usually drink from a glass or a mug depending on the drink and that's usually just a, a habit or a mug is such a hand. solid choice for water drink I fucking love drinking not, water out of a mug not for water for for tea which is oh, effectively effectively water. <laughs> <laughs> Connor, you got to weigh in here on the uh, water, uh, you know, receptacle device. Yeah, I mean, what, what I think, I, I think we're going sorry. to um, have have a, a bit of a disagreement here. I, I mean, I, I think of course it's acceptable to drink water out of a mug, but I, I'm not I saying it do, isn't. I'm just saying I don't. I, I, I do reserve um, or t- try to reserve mugs for hot beverages like coffee i mean pretty much only coffee for me for me only coffee once in a while tea um yeah mugs uh, are for for hot beverages glasses are for juice and just general drinking and then my my water bottle is for water because it keeps the water cold for longer and it's durable and since i since i'm moving around a lot it if i drop it it's not going to explode if if there is um you know a lack of of cups then i will of course I'll, I'll i'll use a mug for for some water i don't i don't really mind that um but i wouldn't say like oh i love drinking water out of a mug well i wouldn't it's it's not so much that it's not my go like i would not choose necessarily like if there is like just a fucking 
plastic souvenir cup or whatever to drink water out of first, I'll do that. But I have to say that drinking water out of a mug is a very unique and worthwhile experience. It, it, it's, as the kids say, it hits different. Drinking water out of, out of a mug really is different. And I, and, I, and I do think that it's meaningful. It does. I think that people should do it. It you makes know? me think about childhood for some reason. I feel hmm. like we did that. Like kids. back when you just like didn't, didn't, I mean, you weren't drinking coffee anyway, yeah, right? So like yeah, what are mugs I, for? But yeah, you know, but before I started drinking coffee, maybe I was more um, open about what, what, what kind of receptacles I used for my water. Um, very, very thought provoking question, Connor. I really encourage Indeed. you know I, I I I applaud you for that. Um, but to answer, Josh, the, are you drinking water out of a mug? <laughs> yes, I got up and went and grabbed a mug. You sick fuck! <laughs> Does it hit different? The kids want to know. Honestly, can't really tell much of a difference. All right, now now pour that out and uh, to and, and and fill up a cup straight from the tap. No, I, I can't do that right now. Josh, you can't handle. He is scared. I'm Josh can't hydrated. handle that much fluoride. It's it's too yeah. much. <laughs> what are you worried no, about? I'm too hydrated. What are you worried about the fluoride doing to you? I'm worried about having to get up and pee in the middle of the second half of our chapter discussion. Hmm. That's neat. So does filtered tap water not make you have to pee? No. I if I keep drinking too much water, I'm going to have to pee in like half an hour. So and I think we're going to take more than half an hour af- to Yeah, but, talk but just, about the chapter. what are you afraid of um, when it comes to drinking I, tap water? What a, what a, I'm sorry, Josh. I just have to speak on your behalf. What an antagonistic question that is. You're already <laughs> framing it as Josh has some fear of drinking regular tap water. Connor, no, Connor yeah. what else could I prefer, it be? <laughs> I, I'll tell you what it is. I prefer cold water, and it's just more convenient to have a water filter in my... In my refrigerator. I don't buy that shit for one second. No, yeah, but 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 if Plus, Josh came over to like your place, Connor, let's say, it's not that he wouldn't drink water. If you gave him a, a fucking cup of water, he would drink it. I don't know if it was right? ta- if it was straight right, tap Josh? water. I don't know. Right, Josh? I mean, you would you? Yeah. I mean, you you would drink it, Josh? Joshua? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you would drink the water from the faucet, right? I mean, come on. Would you hesitate? I mean, if it was Connor's faucet. I've seen how he lives. <laughs> I do. I've got a very dirty faucet. It's yikes. Yes. Okay, what if it was my faucet? True. I mean, it's come on. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a little cleaner I mean, over here. You should. So, to give you some context, I started using a water filter in Worcester, where tap water was notoriously uh, not taste good. Didn't taste good, um, and. The infrastructure is so old that there very much was there. It was very likely lead pipes everywhere. Um, and that would have been right before all the stuff went down with Flint, Michigan. Um, and did, so did Obama we, ever go to Worcester or no, not to my oh. knowledge, not when okay. I was there at least. Go on. Um, but but I mean, I we just used the the the, the filter because. It kept the water cold. the the tap The cold tap water in our apartment was not that cold, um, and yeah, 
Oh, and and no, sorry, I started using it when I didn't have like a real sink. We, I, well, I was, see, it was, when you say when you say a filter, because like I, I was I've been uh, my other question is like how does it keep it colder? But you mean you're putting it in like a filtered pitcher that you then put into the fridge, yeah. right? Yes, yes, yes. I, okay. I have the I, I have the version that's like it has like the little like pull tab. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the little bigger version. It, yes, exactly. Because it has more it, it has more capacity. I just okay. feel like his story keeps on changing, and he's getting. <laughs> He's acting well, I, I forgot. About it, and I no, I, just, I forgot where I was living in my sophomore oh my year. God. I don't think he's telling oh us the whole God. story. I um, so it's, no, it's a lot. It's a lot of different small reasons. I, mean, I, I'm I not really, using, I really, I'm not using plastic water bottles. I'm not using. Uh, I, I'm keeping the water cold. Why are you using plastic water bottles? Do, what the environment or something? Did you not see the article well, I came out literally to today about like there's thousands of microplastics and like. <laughs> I do. I have. I have one more. I have one more question on. I have to sure. ask this. And Josh, I mean, you know, like we all pretty much grew up together. Like, um, okay, yeah. I. It's. It's not that I am unaware of like your uh, early adolescent, uh, you know, household habits. But I just gotta ask because Connor and I s- sometimes uh, we kind of. You might say we wax nostalgic on the Clifton Park tap water. And I I just feel like that was not for you. I'm just wondering where you stand. Like when you go back so, to you were just at your house for the holidays. Yeah. So I I actually have something for this. And okay. It's that our house always had a water softener as far back as I can remember. I remember getting it stalled, like when I was really young at least. So we always had a water softener that the Clifton Park water went through. He's never and... experienced true Clifton Park water. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I always drink from the tap at home. I just always yeah. did. And I still do yeah. when I go home to my parents' house. And since they don't have the water pitcher, they, they have the, the water straight from the like the refrigerator. And that's where I usually fill this up when, I, when, when I'm at home. But I was actually talking to my mom when I was back for Christmas break. There's something about the refrigerator at their house. Um, and sometimes the tap water. I, I didn't drink enough tap water to like really tell. But like it's not as hydrating as the water here. It's weird. Like I, I still feel – I will drink like half of this. Like, oh, like almost 10 full ounces of water like r- right after I fill up my water bottle because I just don't feel like I'm hydrating myself when I'm drinking it. And I still feel really dry there. It, I don't know if it's like the, the season or there's something wrong with their, with the filter in their refrigerator. But even when I brush my teeth, the, the tap water, it just, there's something where it, uh, I've noticed this over the last like couple of years. It's like, I don't feel like the water's hydrating me enough. And I don't know if it's because it's not cold enough because it's not been sitting in the, it's not like, 34 degrees or whatever my refrigerator set to right now or if it's there's something like not being filtered from the water or if it's a water softener because i don't have a water softener here in, no in, no 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 josh josh do me a favor buddy next time you go home and you're you're you know you need your thirst quenched grab <laughs> you know what the hell grab a mug what the what the <laughs> hell grab a mug and Hit the sink. Hit the sink. Flip that sink on and uh I do drink I did say I drink tap water straight, there. It doesn't solve straight, the problem. Straight from the tap. Straight from the tap, Josh. 
it it doesn't solve the problem. I don't know, man. Uh, it still goes. It still goes through the water softener. Oh yes, I forgot. But, about it. Well, I mean, go, have, go to your neighbor's drink house. Drink it from a mug. I mean, you gotta go water softener. I mean, come on, like you gotta go to like your upstairs bathroom sink. I know, and I know you know. I know exactly the bathroom I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, the very left of your staircase. There, you gotta go into yeah. that bathroom. Grab a fucking mug. Just unload that motherfucker into that fucking mug. Where do you mug think I'm drinking and, from the and tap? Take a gulp and take a gulp. Where do you think I'm drinking from the tap? I think the water. I'm already soft- doing that. I think the water softener is present throughout the throughout each sink in the wait, house. Wait, wait, wait. Josh's house is unable to get access to pure Clifton Park tap water. That's what it sounds like to me. We're also yeah. in Rexford. Technically, actually, you know what? No, no, no. No, here's even better. T- take a walk. Take a walk if you're thirsty. Go down the bike path. You know, 10, 15 minutes. Um, there's a there's a house uh, on Heather Drive. It's a white house with. Uh, um, <laughs> Don't well, give too many details. I I remember it with a red door. Um, go go to that go to that house and um, you know there is a very nice lady who will answer the door and I I assure you she will let you um, fill up your your water bottle with pure Clifton Park tap water. I hope you like sulfur. <laughs> is there salt it's not sulfur in Clifton Park's tap water I mean I gotta tell you there I've been I, I have had I've, some some wild opinions on the taste of Clifton Park tap water and uh I've never so so here's I, I've been to like south like Florida and stuff where they actually have like sulfur in the water table and you can smell if there's sulfur in the water oh yeah I mean it, it's not like that but I, I have been told specifically and I quote from my wife, by the way, <laughs> there is an eggy aftertaste. That's what I've been told, and I, I attribute so that to I, sulfur because I, I think usually sulfur and like an, that egg-like yeah. that feeling so you know those are connected. You know that might be the problem that I'm having because I don't I don't eat eggs as like just eggs. They're usually mixed in with other things, but it is like a dry aftertaste with the water. And I wonder if I just haven't associated that with anything else. I wonder if that's the problem. I wonder if I'm agreeing with your wife. I mean, maybe so. Maybe so. Egg cream dream team. I, I yeah. honestly have been considering getting some sort of like water meter to figure out if there's something in the water to park. But I oh there have there is there is the thing is exactly that what's in the water. The only you don't want to change it, buddy. <laughs> the thing we're arguing about is is that whatever it is is you know makes it taste better. Yeah, I love going home and drinking water. I really do. I do. I don't know. I'm I'm I, just nostalgic for no, the water. I I'm just saying, like I I there's something in the last few years where it just doesn't hit the same for me anymore. Well, I don't think it ever hit for you, really, did it? Because because you always use the uh, the water softener, and so you I never. Also, I also always I always drank from like water fountains at school too. You never that developed the taste as a that as was a definitely youth. like straight up use. Uh, yeah, but the water fountains are a little bit different than tap. I would say you know it might come from the same source, wow. but it's just it's just a bit it's a different experience. It is different. Uh, water fountain. I, I remember drinking out of the water fountains, uh, like in high school specifically, and thinking about yeah. like, wow, like how crisp and clean they felt. It must have went through something because it was not the same as yeah. getting water from my house. You know what I mean? I, I used to I used to memorize which ones tasted the freshest 
because I would stop at those between classes. I did the same thing at college. And then um, I went to, I started working. It was like the one water fountain was just like, is that mold or is that just like scale that's been mm. building up for 17 years? I don't know. I'm just going to have to ignore that if I want water while I'm at work. And then COVID hit and I haven't, I don't think I've trusted a water fountain since. So, <laughs> Guys, I bet the tap water should, in, in uh, Middle Earth is pretty good. I was about to say, we should probably get back to fucking Lord of the Rings. I don't think people... The, the six oh no 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 no! I'm, I'm I'm I I, I am ready. And trust me, <laughs> trust me. As the host, I, I was I was very ready to navigate the conversation back to book discussion. Trust me. We could do see. we could do a whole other that? hour on on tap water. In my opinion, did you put did the you mug see? down upside down, Josh? I said I already finished my mug of water and I tipped it upside down, but there was still a little bit, so poured out on my chair. Yeah. <laughs> Messy bitch. Classic, Josh. What a messy. All bitch. right, so at least cha- I missed the book. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a funny thing? Chapter. To say if I call him a messy bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Josh, right, do you think that's funny? Saying. Do you think that's funny? Bit. Because he's oh, a he's bit. a little bit. Okay, cool, awesome. Okay, wow. wow. I was surprised. Well, I mean, you that I mean, has to be a surprise it, it is for a, sure. It is a true statement in this moment. There we go. Okay, well, he he uh, he's honest. He's an honest man. Wow. Never said I wasn't. Messy and a bitch. Well, All right, no that's bitch. taking it a bit. Far. I mean, Josh, Josh, Josh himself says both are true. It's not for me to say. That's what he said. So. In the moment, they were. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna the argue. With, I'm gonna argue that they were that they're true if they're together. I don't think he. I don't think separately he is a bitch or messy. <laughs> but I think in that moment he was a messy bitch. A messy bitch. Yeah. You know? no, okay. For sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. No, you're right. You're right. I took it a step too far there. Okay. So chapter six. The Battle of the Pelennor Field. I want to start with my first note here because it has to do with the very first word of this chapter. Uh, we were kind of before... Yes, we were talking about the pros of this chapter. And I, I took note of the fact that this chapter starts with but. And I wanted to connect it to the short length of these two chapters combined because... I felt like Tolkien's intent here may be to have these chapters written in such a short length because he wants you to read them back to back. And so starting this chapter with the word, yes, it did work out well in that way. Starting this chapter with the word, but, um, just connects it so directly to the previous chapter because, the, the but can only be in reference to what happened previously. So... The but can <clears throat> only be behind. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny that I said the word but so many times. I get it. But, uh, you know, I, I guess I... I thought it was interesting because, you know, at first I was like, wow, isn't it kind of funny that these chapters are so short? And it is. But... I took it to mean, after like reading this chapter and feeling like he has such a strong connection that he even uses his verbiage to uh, tie them together, I, I kind of wonder if he wrote them shorter 
in order to feel like the pace of the battle itself was quicker. You know, like, usually a chapter could be as long as 20, 30, sometimes even 40 pages in my copy in the longer ones. Some are six. Here, these chapters are like 9 or 10 pages, which is insane. Again, I don't think any Lord of the Rings chapter has been so short thus far. And so... It kind of feels like it's one chapter that he splits in half because he feels like the events that happen within them like should still be separated. And yet, it kind of feels like he's encouraging you as a reader to like keep going because this this thing should be read as a whole. And the battle itself is of like a faster nature that it doesn't require such a page length to get through it. That was my, that <laughs> sometimes I'm like, why am I writing all these fucking notes? But that was my fucking feeling when I read the word, but I was like, are you kidding me? I think you're probably right. It might, it, it, it really could have been just one chapter that for some reason he decided to split up and yeah, you know, I think it's, 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 that was a good choice because otherwise it would be, it would be like a, like, an okay chapter or pretty good, but now we have a bad chapter and a good chapter. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, that's, that's all I wanted to say. Like, um, Oh wait, I didn't even give a fucking summary for this. No, you didn't. Chapter. I thought to point you out on that. Wow. By the way, what are you uh, drinking? We started, I was going to say, we started off our conversation about what are we drinking? Um, well, I'm drinking whiskey. I'm drinking straight whiskey, as I tend to do. This is I got this for uh, Christmas. My dad gave it to me. This is uh, from Cooperstown. It's like a Cooperstown something. If you're familiar with Cooperstown, it's probably because of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Neat. Did you guys take a field trip there to the Baseball Hall yes. of Fame when you were? Yes. Okay, me too. I think yeah. that's just something they do, like, all the fucking... I think that's just, like, a normal... All the New York kids, at least. That is a normal yeah. thing for, for that area. It wasn't... So... I don't think I enjoyed it very much. Oh, yeah. No, I mean... I remember there being, like, a... There was something, like, a farm or something that we also went to, and they they were making some big deal about, like, a fake giant skeleton. Like, a skeleton of, a, like, a like a 10-foot-tall giant or something. Oh, and we damn. Were, I remember that's being, cool. like... I remember being like too young to really get that it was clearly a fake. Like it, I was still gullible to those kinds of like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's just like hoaxes. Yeah. But I remember that being associated with the Cooper towns, Cooperstown, the, the trip to the baseball hall of fame. Right. <laughs> there was some other like, farm. The and, there's, there's like fucking giants here at Cooperstown. Yeah. And there, <clears throat> something about a farm around the same time. I don't know if it was a separate field trip within like a week of the same thing or not, but it was, that's forever like tangled in my brain now. Mm. That is funny. Well, I bring it up because Cooperstown is forever tangled up in my mind of like going on a field trip to it when I was a kid to the baseball hall of fame. So mm. even when my dad gives me this whiskey from some distillery in Cooperstown, oh, yeah, that's now that I'm this. 31, I'm like, oh, shit. That's where I went on that fucking field trip when I was eight. So, <laughs> you know, that's cool. Anyways, yes, I'm drunk. Welcome back to Chapter Chumps. This is just part of what we do. 
So, I don't know. What do you want from me? I'm a messy bitch. I don't know what to tell you. Hell yeah, you are. Okay. Oh, right, the summary. Oh, fuck. Wow, I really am <laughs> one messy bitch. Wow, okay. So, the Battle of Pelennor Fields. So, okay, the chapter pretty much starts out in the midst of this battle. And, uh, the fucking... I, okay, listen, I, I'm actually just going to read this opening passage. It's so sick. This is such a fucking awesome pa I just have to read it. <laughs> but it was no really orc him. chieftain or brigand that led the assault upon Gondor. The darkness was breaking too soon, before the date that his master had set for it. Fortune had betrayed him for the moment, and the world had turned against him. Victory was slipping from his grasp, even as he stretched out his hand to seize it. But his arm was long. He was still in command, wielding great powers. King, Ringwraith, Lord of the Nazgul. He had many weapons. He left the gate and vanished. I love that fucking line it was where good. it gives him the titles. King, Ringwraith, Lord of the Nazgul. Like, it feels like even Tolkien acknowledging all the names, but like... It's not for the sake of, like, over-addressing him. It's like, this dude is so fucking boss, like, he just has these accolades. Like, you can call him whatever the fuck you want. Oh, a ringwraith? Sure. Lord of the Nazgul? Whatever. Yes, the king, the witch king of Angmar? Yeah, it's this guy. Um, I don't know. I guess it just kind of gives this air to him that, like, even when the tides of battle are turning against him, he still has, like, such a confidence in his own abilities and his own power that it kind of, it felt for me as a reader that it's like, he is still formidable, you know, that, that mm -hmm. this, this foe is not yet vanquished. And I think he, Tolkien really sells that idea in this opening passage. Oh yeah. I mean, really, uh, I, I, I thought it was epic and pumped me up, um, while reading it. And then also, um, you know, one of the few times this book that we have kind of gotten a glimpse into that kind of, um, the like the, the swagger that the that the villains have, you know, they're not True. just you know names that that the heroes say. Um, and and with with uh you know the villains here being you know Sauron and and his his legion of whatever's um, it's uh since since like the head guy is kind of like formless it's it's um it's harder to get those moments of uh actual characterization of of the you know villains yes yeah no uh well said and uh it, it is cool to kind of get some insight on like yeah their their perception of themselves so this chapter starts with the witch king seemingly fleeing as the forces of rohan uh, you know, show up, and so this big battle ensues, and then suddenly, as uh, just after Theoden strikes down the leader of the Herodrim, the the men of the some of the men of the south, um, the the Lord of the Nazgul descends upon the great winged beast that he's been 
alluded to be riding this whole time. And, uh, and Theoden ends up falling, you know, his horse, Snowmane, is so surprised, uh, that, uh, they, they fall and crush Theoden, and so, before, uh, the Lord of the Nazgul can kill Theoden, Durnhelm reveals themselves uh, to actually be Eowyn this whole time. Holy shit! Who'd have seen that coming? Yeah, Durnhelm was Eowyn. Josh is like, I remember that from the movie. I knew the whole time. Uh, I That was my note I mentioned last week, or last time, where I was like, yeah. I have theories about uh, Durnhelm, and they were yes. proven right. Like, I think I know what scene's coming up. Yep. No, I, uh... I'm I didn't right there really with you, Josh. but I'm glad I was right about that one. No, and in fact, you know, we'll ever since we watched the two towers, I'm like questioning my memory of the films. I'm like, do I even know anything? Yep. But same here. My memory of the films is that they do not even give Eowyn the name of Durnhelm in the films. I'm not even sure they're named, but hey, maybe I'm just fucking wrong about that. Um but at any rate, I, I was right there with you, Josh, where I was like, yeah, I think this is Eowyn, because I remember that moment in the films, too. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, uh, and and the, the, the Lord of the Nazgul, you know, they, they strike a mighty blow against Eowyn and destroy her shield and break her arm, and it seems like all is lost, but, you know, who else but Mary strikes a blow in the back of his knee which is like god damn like that must fucking hurt yeah. uh, to to stop him in his tracks and Eowyn takes the opportunity to fucking shove her sword through his goddamn head and he fucking explodes <laughs> i know that tolkien kind of has a habit of like writing about these things like in a very overdrawn way. But like when you think about what actually fucking happens here, like it's fucking metal as fuck is all I'm saying. Like it's fucking sick. Um, I remember things going differently in the movie, but I'll wait. I'll leave that for the, uh, the movie discussion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll get there to it. Um, and so Eowyn, uh, falls over, uh, and, and to everyone else seems to be dead. Mary, runs over to, uh, by the way, the kill the fucking dragon bird or whatever the fuck it is. Eowyn does that. Eowyn chops his fucking I, head off. I refer to that as the Nazgul itself for some reason. Yeah. So. Well, I think you had mentioned earlier, like, when I say earlier, I mean, like, the when Fellowship got, of the Ring. Yeah, when we first encountered the term Nazgul. Yes, and it, that you... I know, I know it refers to the Black Riders. Yeah. Um, I've always associated it with the dragon thing that he's writing in this chapter. Right. So it's like, you kind of got to, uh, you're, you're like, you're like breaking your, your conditioning or like your, your neural pathways. Right. Like, right. yeah. Um, I get that. So Mary runs over to Theoden who's like dying and Mary's like, Oh shit, I'm sorry. I'm here. And Theoden's like, don't worry about it. You were like super brave, dude. Um, sorry I'm not going to get to hear you talk about weed and stuff and <laughs> those are like some great last words and uh sorry I didn't get to hear your weed stories <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, he fucking right. dies <laughs> right. 
like like Theoden and uh, Mary were just going to be chilling against like a Middle Earth black light poster. Like I don't know what they were expecting, but um. So Theoden's like, oh man, I only wish I got to say bye to Aomir. And then Aomir shows up and he's like, oh shit, god damn, you're dying. Theoden's like, yeah, I'm dying, but you're king now. And then Theoden's like, well, I really, I guess my only other wish is I got to talk to Aowen. And then it's like hard cut to Aowen just lying there face down in the fucking mud. And it's like, well, (laughs) (laughs) and he just dies. Yeah, they they make you think Eowyn's dead for quite a bit. Like I'm like, wait a minute, did I don't remember the after the scene in the movie like at all? Did did she actually die? Yeah, that would explain some other things that happened in my memory. But given, yeah, no, I won't get into that yet. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, Aemir thinks his sister Eowyn is dead in that moment, and he he is in such a frenzy that. He rides off with his forces behind him to blindly slay as many orcs as he can. It leads him into trouble because now he's sort of left himself vulnerable to the reinforcements of Sauron's army. And again, when it seems like all is lost and there's these ships coming up the river that seem to be the coarse hairs of Umbar, which I think are like pirates from the south again and it's like oh no you know wicked men from the south but then they let the banners fly and it turns out that it's actually aragorn and the dunedain or whatever and like they even recruited more of the forces from some of the neighboring lands and they unleash their army against the the orcs and Aragorn and Aemir dramatically meet up on the battlefield and clasp hands like that one fucking gif you always see from the Predator movie. Where I was, like I, yes, is, no, it's literally that is my note. moment. <laughs> That's my note. It's like, I imagine this is the Predator clasp. <laughs> yes, it's literally that fucking moment. It's insane how much of that moment it is. So I love you, Josh, because that's just great. I don't mean to like steal your thunder there, but like no, it's no, exactly that's great. that. And uh, and then they're just like, cool, let's go kill Ors. <laughs> I need to see if that's actually a meme now. And then, uh, yeah, and then, you know, and uh, essentially the battle is won for the day. Like you know, I'm, certainly Sauron is not defeated, but this chapter ends with. Very Tolkien very clearly stating that every fucking foe that was there has been killed and their bodies are rotting in their in the sun or you know drowning in the river and their blood is frothing the foam. Um, every everyone who is bad is dead, and then they uh, the good guys make their bittersweet return to Minas Tirith. The three important people are fine, which is Aragorn and Aemir, and then the prince of, like, Dol Amrath, Imrahil. Um, Whoever the fuck who is, that is. Yeah, well, right. It's like, again, doesn't matter. Does well, yeah, not do you, really matter, but he is there. Do you remember when Legolas and Gimli just showed up and then were never mentioned again? <laughs> yeah, yes, they were not mentioned. Yeah, it's like, they're here. 
weren't they like a big part of the whole fucking battle in the movie? I don't remember. That's like I, what I remember. Yeah, that, we'll that's gonna see. be interesting. Maybe the next chapter is just gonna be all about how they take down one of the Oliphants or something. Yeah, maybe. I I do wonder. That's why um, it's called the Pyre of Denethor. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, essentially the day is won. But it, it's it is a. Uh, you know, uh, a a sullen battle. a sullen victory, right? A costly battle, exactly. And 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 the chapter closes with sort of a commemoration of the lives that were lost in service to this victory. So, there you have it, Connor. What did you think of this chapter? Yeah, as I um hinted at, I uh, I, I I did like it a lot more than the first chapter um i mean it's it's this is the the action chapter um but it's it's not really all mindless action either like um you know i love the moment where you know mary gets to have uh, you know his his action hero um life-saving scene that that was very cool um and you know, I kind of, I, I I do still stand by um, Theoden kind of being boring, um, but his his death scene wasn't bad. And also, it was very funny that he kept on he like he would keep on waking up and be like, "Oh, actually, this. Oh, uh, oh, wait, no, I'm not dead. <laughs> actually, uh, yeah, you're the king. You know, um, yeah. I thought that was funny and. Um, uh Eowyn, that was a that was an interesting um character t- to turn up i was happy that you know she got to go out and and fight um after all um and 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 then the th- it was confusing to me because even in the i i i really could have just missed this but um she like fell and stuff but i didn't think that she was dead until until like it, it people kept you know we're, we're saying that she's d- dead you know i just i, I was like yeah, kind of right she kind of fell or got injured and stuff and then and then um they just move on to theater and it's like you know she's not dying r- right beside them until like you know it's just like seems like a thing where like she was critically injured and then they they just ignore her and like trying to save her <laughs> and and then you know Theoden and and um Everyone Mary ag- just talk until she dies and they're like oh yeah she's dead <laughs> right <laughs> yeah um I, this whole time I'm just imagining her just like face down in the mud just like gurgling like like bubbles coming out <laughs> yeah yeah um and no one seems to notice that she's alive until Aragorn sees them carrying the- her and Theoden into Gondor into Minas Tirith was or was it yeah it was Aragorn. It's Where he, like holds well, his gauntlet up. And- it's that, but but it's that guy that you said. Who the fuck is that guy? It's Imrahil. Oh right, that guy who meets that right. It, and he is introduced briefly when like Pippin's watching the army show up again. It's one of those things where. Thank you for going back and figuring that out. I- you you can be like, oh yeah, this guy. Who's this guy from this thing? It's like. Tolkien has a logical through line for all these characters. And if you know it, it will deepen your understanding of what you're reading. But (laughs) even if you don't know it, it's like, okay, so the good guys figured out they're not dead. Like it, it, it doesn't make a night and day difference. 
But that's who it is. It's Imrahil. The Prince of Dol Amrath. You know, Imrahil. Right, Connor? Yeah. Um, the the Prince of, of Dol City. Oh, my God. Am I right? Yeah, t- yeah, right. Talk about Dole. Because he's Amrath. There you go. Um, there you go. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that was good. You know, that that was a good scene, even if it was maybe a little bit silly. Um, and then, yeah, like the just the epic cinematic moment when Aragorn returns. Um, I definitely ate that up. That that was a, a punch the air moment. I mean, it's just kind of funny because like it it does kind of pay off a little bit how everyone's like, oh, he went to you know he's walking the path of the, of the dead. He's he's a goner. Can't count on him. And then yeah. you know we all knew he was going to survive, but they didn't. You know, so it was like a really really triumphant moment, um, which uh, which was nice. And and it's uh, it ended on a good note of uh of uncertainty i you know i thought like they had a win but it's uh, there's it's very things are very uncertain and still very bad right right what's next you know what i thought was funny not to jump ahead but just like since you're mentioning it like the punch the air moment when aragorn comes back you know there's as the ships are approaching the the watchmen on Minas Tirith and like pretty much everyone else they're like oh my god it's the corsairs it's the it's the the evil pirates from the south oh my god and then like you get the impression that when they're like fucking you know 50 feet away or whatever they dramatically drop their banners and reveal that no they're coming in support of Gondor and I'm like you could have had those things up the whole time you didn't have to keep us in suspense. Just drop the fucking banners. But of course, well, it has to be like this you, big theatrical reveal where Aragorn's like, aha, I knew you would think we were evil pirates, but we're really the good guys. Yeah. yeah. On the other ca- counterpoint, if you're sailing up in ships that look like your enemy, the enemy ships up a river that your enemy most likely controls, then not letting them know that you are their enemy and they think you're their friends so they don't shoot at you as you're coming up the river may have been like a smart tactical move damn josh you just like recontextualize this entire moment perfectly i got nothing else to say you're so right thank you when he's right he's right and i'm right <laughs> hell yeah i would in this moment i would not call you a messy bitch at all because Thank that you. was a, a sharp observation i'm like damn that makes so much sense good stuff um maybe is there anywhere you want to go or or talk about after that yeah, n- not after that moment but like just in general on this chapter josh oh boy um most of my notes are just like this is cool. I think. Yeah, there is a lot of cool stuff. Um, I thought the entrance of the the winged Nazgul was pretty fucking awesome. Um, it is the, sha- the great shadow descended like a falling cloud, and behold, it was a winged creature. If bird, then greater than all other birds, and it was naked, and neither quill nor feather did it bear, and its vast pinions were as webs of hide between horned fingers, and it stank. Yeah. 
Yes. A creature of an older world, maybe it was, whose kind, lingering in forgotten mountains, cold beneath the moon, outstayed their day, and in hideous, eerie uh, bread, and in hideous, eerie um, bred this last untimely brood, apt to evil, and the Dark Lord took it and nursed it with his fell meats uh, until it grew beyond the measure of all other things that fly, and he gave it to a servant to be his seed. Yeah. And there's more. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it was... That's how you make an entrance with something new like that. I agree. I, I also thought that was very effective, and what I really liked about it was... Um, you know, up until this point, Tolkien has kept the whole, like, what are the Nazgul writing thing very vague. And as Josh was saying, it's described as a shadow more often than not. So, like, there's many times where the presence of this creature is known and Tolkien is describing it, even in the two towers, like it's kind of a constant presence hanging about in the sky. And then this is the first time like it truly descends. And what I really appreciated about this moment is that even though this creature kind of lays itself bare and we see it here in its full form, Tolkien himself still keeps the true nature of this thing ambiguous. He says, if it's a bird, and you're like, well, what the fuck is it? And I feel like that's the compelling thing about it, because he doesn't give you an answer. You're like, is it a giant, weird fucking bird? Is it a dragon? Is it a wyvern? Is it, you know, what is it? And he denies giving you a clear answer. He only describes what it looks like and you're left to decide or or not uh, on what it truly is. And I thought that was an interesting choice because I wasn't expecting him to do that. But he, he leaves it very vague, even when it finally reveals itself. Yeah. So um, I, then the next page we get the scene that I think we all know from the movie of no man can kill me. I am no man. Exactly. Uh, although kind of like when we got to you shall not pass, the line's different and it's just, it, it looks different from the movie or the scene that is so iconic. It's a, he, the, the, um, do what you will. I will, but I will hinder it. If I'm uh, fuck that. hinder me, thou fool, no living man may hinder me. Um, and then, yeah, where, where is it actually said? But no living man and I, you look upon a woman, Eowyn I am, Eowyn's daughter. daughter. So, yeah, it's just like a lot of, uh, it, it is different in the book. Yeah. It, it feels a lot more Shakespearean, actually, in the book. Definitely. And I think I'm going to have to wait until we watch the movie to fully determine whether the movie or the book was better. Um, because I think when we were reading Fellowship, we decided that the movie version of Gandalf's "You Shall Not Pass" was better in the movie. Um, but here I feel like the meme has evolved so much. I don't. I want to. I want to go back to the original version of the scene in the movie before I, I make that judgment call. Yeah, I hear you. Um, 
I, I like your thought on like it being more Shakespearean here because it, you know, Tolkien relies more. so much more on the dialogue, right? It's so much yeah. more. And it's, whereas it's more in the movie, it's, it, it's it's the way that I remember it. It's like an immediate reveal. Like Eowyn takes off her helmet and she goes, "I am no man," and she just fucking kills him. Yeah, it's snappier in the movie. Yeah. Um, you know what I do want to say I'm surprised about, or, or rather I wasn't sure about, and not in this moment, but going back to what we were talking about, Durnhelm. Like, when Durnhelm's first introduced, I had the same thought as you, Josh. I'm like, oh, this is Eowyn. Yep. And if Durnhelm is Eowyn, then it must almost certainly mean that it's leading to the moment where Eowyn kills the Lord of the Nazgul. Yes. So I felt pretty sure in that moment, however many chapters ago in Return of the King, that we were getting the I am no man moment I think in the book. I think it was literally like the chapter we last read before the break. Yeah. And so the, first shows up. The, the reason I'm mentioning it is because before I started reading Return of the King, I was never really sure if... Giving Eowyn the moment to kill the Lord of the Nazgul was something that was in the text mm -hmm. or was something that was done to modernize the film and give the supporting female cast more action and weight in the story. And it turns out that that moment is here. Tolkien did it. Tolkien was not a sexist. He did it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean, that's the energy you kind of came at that with. Well, sort of, you know, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> and like at this point in reading Lord of the Rings and reading Tolkien, there have been moments where Tolkien has written female characters uh, very competently. Galadriel is a phenomenal example. Yeah. Arwen is a poorer example. So I think it kind of goes back and forth a bit. But, um... Have we seen I, I, Arwen at all in the books yet? Uh, I kind of feel like maybe there was a scene of Galadriel and her meeting briefly, right? Or, or no? One. I feel like there was one, or at least... Galadriel mentions that... When they were in Rivendell? has, like, a thing. No, I don't think there... It might just be the Rivendell mention. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think Galadriel mentions that Aragorn has, like, a part of her heart or something. And you're not meant to, and it's like not even specific if it's like a trinket or if it's like literally like some like literal piece of her heart somehow because elves. Right. Damn. Well, no, no. I mean, you might be right. And maybe I'm just conflating movie scenes, which again, sort of do beef up these roles in these moments because like there's certainly a case to be made to say that like that is lacking in the books themselves. Um, and, and that, that kind of goes back to, I never really knew for sure if, if that was a change or if that was something that they did to give Eowyn something to do in the movies. And I'm happy to find out for myself here that that's not the case. You know, that really is part of Eowyn's character arc and... I, I found it to be um, very compelling. You know, I, I, I was really excited, like, reading up to this moment and being like, damn, like, Tolkien's going to do it. 
He's gonna have Eowyn kill the fucking Witch King. I'm like, that's that's awesome. And I don't mean to um, I don't mean to say it like I'm not trying to just like throw Tolkien a bone and be like, wow, can you believe that this old white guy in the 50s made it so a woman did something in a book? Like, I I get it. Like the bar is low. Okay, but. Really, all I mean is, like, Eowyn, I really do think, is a great character. And I do think that Tolkien deserves credit for writing her to be that way. Because her whole deal is that she's stifled by the patriarchy, essentially. And she takes matters into her own hands to prove her own competency. And then she does it. And it's like, well, I mean, that's got to carry some weight, you know, having having him uh, bring that story into his text. I even I don't know. I wonder what people made of it in the fucking 50s. Like, but but I, I you know, I got to say reading it now in 2023, I, I think it reads, you know, still 24. Uh, oh, fuck. God damn it. You're right. <laughs> 2024, you know, it, as 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 still a really powerful moment and um so i i i thought it was cool yeah yeah no it's a good moment connor did you what did you make of uh, the whole oh dern helm was really aon and then like all that shit like did, um, did, did uh, what what'd you think it was re- i mean i thought it was cool it was really not a big deal to me i didn't you know i i mean i i guess that's a very impactful moment in the movie um i didn't really feel like it, it was like oh oh neat oh yeah i'm happy oh it's cool that she did that uh, <laughs> that was like my thought and uh yeah and yeah so so i generally liked it but i also think and i i, I think you're right that um that this is a more progressive moment for for him but uh for Tolkien but um also I think that's like kind of a trope like already by that point right is like it's like it's like the Mulan thing right you 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 join the army you're a girl you can't join the army you join the army and then you show everybody up and then you know the reveal so I feel like there is maybe um precedent already yeah no that 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 is fair that is fair. Yeah, I don't know what the origination for that really would have been, or but but it's definitely safe to say that like much in the way that we're talking about how Tolkien kind of like you know breaks rules from knowing rules. When you think about him making a modern day, a, a, a then contemporary epic uh, story. You have to imagine that he's drawing on a great well of his own, like, personal knowledge of of literature and and classical writings. Yeah, for sure. To to great effect, really. I'm sure that's there. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. It is pretty fucking... It is pretty fucking sick, by the way, because... So, Mary stabs uh, this dude in the back of the knee, which, like, staggers him... And Eowyn doesn't hesitate. She just fucking takes her sword and, like, slams it into this dude's fucking cranium. You know, the other thing I wanted to mention, by the way, because we get a couple different descriptions of the lore of the Nazgul in this chapter. And then the the end of uh, chapter four, which I was talking about at the very beginning of this discussion. 
I'm asking about it because, uh, is he invisible? Like, it kind of seems like we get descriptions of him where the, like, he wears this crown, right? But you can't, he has no, like, discernible features other than his eyes. And I'm like, is this a ghost? Is this, do they even have, like, a form that you can perceive? I think it's like a wispy thing. Like, he's, like, he's half there, half not there. And when he's stabbed in the face, he his, he loses his body effectively, and it's just like noise and energy that dissipates in the battlefield forever. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. I don't I don't really have like a um, solid answer myself, so I was just curious what you guys thought. I, I I almost like I imagined him to almost be like the Invisible Man, like. Like in chapter four, there's like that moment, like when he's facing down Gandalf, he throws back his hood and Tolkien writes something like, lo and behold, like, but there was no one there and the crown sat atop like a nothingness. You know what I mean? Like it it feels as though I, I imagined it to be like nothing, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I like your idea, Josh, of a, uh. Like it, it's like a shape that's only there in the shadows, which is why he's always in cloaks and yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah. You know what? Like like the, the mentors, how they were depicted in the movies. Yeah, I kind of get that, right? Yeah, it's um, you know, Dementors and Nazgul really do share the same energy. J.K. Rowling was really drawing on Nazgul shit when when she did the <laughs> same energy of sure. evil black e- evil black uh, uh, pajamas flapping in the wind. Okay, yes, and I mean, like, let's throw the Sith in there for good measure, but out of all those examples, which one is the first? Fair. The Nazgul. I was trying to think if there was one way I could make Star Wars come first, but no. (laughs) I mean, the Sith were on screen first. Oh, no, because, fuck, they did the animated... uh... That's right, Rankin and Bass! Damn it. Wait a minute, though. Wait, 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 wait. Was Rankin and Bass in the 80s, though? Because Star Wars is 77. When was the... But the Emperor didn't Rankin... show up till the 80s, either. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, true. Well, fair enough. That is that is funny. It's so... Oh, yeah, my God. Is, I do not want to get Sith, derailed. I mean, the Sith, the yeah. Sith aren't, like, non-corporeal. They are very much just, like, people in black robes. But the the, the mentors and, the, and the, the Nazgul, they... Their depictions are far more just like ethereal, shadowy, no, well, shadowy blankets. Yes, but like it's so funny, Josh. Like we were kind of talking about, hey, the Thrawn books and all that, and like it's so funny to think about that there was a time not that long ago, necessarily in Star Wars canon, where the the Sith were not canonized the way that we know them now, and in the first. Thrawn book, they're like little fucking aliens that they command. Like, they're not... They, they are I not... Don't are, I don't think the Sith are in Thrawn, but yeah, no, I, knew, I do know the old canon, uh, non, the, the old legends backstory I, the Sith were like an alien race. I have to tell you, I kind of... Well, I guess I could be misremembering, but I kind of feel like conf- they are. I don't know. You might be confusing them with the Nogri, but we'll get, we can get into that later. Okay. Are well, fair enough. The- are are you thinking of the little alien and the Flintstones? <laughs> oh, dude, the little thing with that would like grant the fucking wishes and shit, like little Kalamazoo or whatever. Yeah, he's friends with uh, Fred and Barney. 
Dude, I forgot about that fucking character, but like that was a great yeah, character. That was a great character. That 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 um that that saved the show, you know. It's funny because like I bet there were Flintstones diehards who were like they jumped the shark when no, they introduced it's absolu- this fucking absolutely little is. bitch. Absolutely, that, that that's for sure a jump the shark moment. But I I gotta tell you, I think they're a great it. character. I love I gotta, it. Yeah. They're they're a great fucking character. That was like a real. I think it's a stroke of genius. Really, in Agreed. a way. Agreed. It's kind of like connecting the Flintstones and the Jetsons in like this really bizarre kind of way. But like I don't know, I just think it works. Absolutely. The fuck were we? Uh, you gotta bring back the Flintstones, I think. Reboot that I don't, franchise. That that I really I. Oof. Reboot that, that franchise. I do not baby. know. That I, I I'm with you on those on that character being great, but like I. And and give I, give I John Goodman so. give John Goodman another chance to to do Fred Flintstone do it right <laughs> do it right this time okay do not slander John Goodman's performance of Fred Flintstone he no, did it right he, he already did I it know. right buddy I meant more like the 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 you know director make it more you know give him more to work with I th- I, I I don't think his performance is bad I just think that I need <laughs> give to give him more to chew to, on yeah yeah give him more to chew on all right. Yeah. You know, as as an actor, yeah. So multidimensional character. Oh my god! Think of the layers. Um, I uh. Oh right, the Witch King and the Nazgul, and okay, whatever. So there's all that 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 whole thing. Josh, what other notes do you have here that you want to cover? Oh boy. Um. Let's see. You're limited to to two. Uh. Uh, it's too bad because I got five to go through, buddy. Very amazement for a moment conquered, conquered Mary's fear. He opened his eyes and the blackness was lifted from them. Of course, opening his eyes is gonna lift the darkness from him. That was such a <laughs> stupid. I, I don't know why that line in particular stood out as stupid to me, but it was stupid. Yeah. Uh, I attack the darkness. <laughs> um, but then later on, it, uh. Let's see. Uh, and suddenly the slow kindled courage of his race awoke. He clenched his hand. Uh, she should not die so fair, so desperate. At least she should not die alone, unaided. I thought that was a really cool way to say Mary resolved to, to move forward or just like grew a pair. Um, yes. And apparently the Nazgul or the winged creature has a beak. Like right. The, sorry, same note uh, or same note. Like sticky note but separate note um to do where does it actually say the word yeah striking with beak and claw some of the great beasts beat its hideous wings and the wind uh of them was foul again it leaped into the air and then swiftly fell down upon eowyn shrieking striking with beak and claw and uh yeah i was just like wait a minute i don't remember having an actually like, like a bird beak but no well that's that's part of what I think is so interesting about the book description and and why I think it's worthwhile that Tolkien does not just say it's a dragon yeah I, because I it's it not being, in the book I remember it having something similar to that that like crab thing from Attack of the Clones that Obi-Wan fights that has that long neck and like the like the, the wide teeth and stuff right um it, it makes that like it sounds like almost like the T Rex from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's what I, I think of that, but with wings. That's that's what I think of, because I'm pretty sure that's close to what what's in the movie, but it's been 10 years since I've seen the movie, so I don't remember fully. But if you being, remember like, in the two towers, I think we kind of get a peek at what the creature looks like, because remember when the whole difference with the Faramir subplot is like Faramir, instead of letting Frodo and Sam go, keeps them... And then they have that whole fight with the Nazgul and the orcs, and I right that that kind of I, I think that is the creature. It is, and I already completely blocked it from my memory. Like I can't remember what the creature looks like in that film. Hmm. So yeah, that's that's on me. Well, we'll come back to that when we watch the film. We'll try to remember. So I, I have uh, two more notes, uh, if you just want me to finish up real quick. Yeah, yeah, go for it, and then I'll yours. finish with mine, sure. Um, let's see. Uh, so when, after Theoden dies, and Aemer, I'm trying to find his name so I'm making sure I pronounce it correctly, uh, thinks Eowyn's dead, uh, he goes off screaming, death, ride to ruin the, the world's, and the world's ending. And with that, the host began to move, but the Rohirrim sang no more. Death, they cried, with one voice, loud and terrible. And gathering speed like a great tide, their battle swept around their fallen king and passed, roaring away southwards. And I thought that was... Specifically the line, the Rohirrim sang no more, was a simple way to show how Theoden and Eowyn's falls affected the whole army and not just Aemer. Yeah, true. I, I thought that was a really effective way to, to put that. Uh, one of the... F- one of the few instances where it actually made sense to start talking about them singing. And he doesn't actually write out the song, he just says they're singing, which is kind of more of what I feel like you should be doing in a book. Yeah, shows some real restraint. I, you know, I did like that moment too, like I could... It felt like it really, in my mind, conjured up the imagery of like a hundred or more mounted warriors on a horse screaming death in unison. Like, for some reason... I felt like I could really clearly imagine that. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking scary. You know, you don't yeah. want to go up against that. Nope. Uh, let's see. And then, uh, and then, okay. The, so that happens. And then do he takes, uh, Mary, Brushes away his tears, picks up the green shield that A wouldn't give it him. Uh, he looked around for the sword that he had let fall. Uh, his arms were numb, but now he could only use his left hand. There lay his weapon, but the blade was smoking like a dry branch that had been thrust into a fire. And as he watched, it withered and withered and was consumed. So passed the sword of the Barrow Downs, work of West- Westerness. But glad would he have been to know its fate, who wrought it slowly long ago in the North Kingdom when the Dunedain were young, and chief among their foes was the dead realm of Angmar and its sorcerer king. No other blade, not thought mightier hands had wielded, not though mightier hands had wielded it, would have dealt that foe a wound so bitter, uh, cleaving the undead flesh, breaking the spell that knit his unseen sinews to his will. So, not my initial note, but that last bit about uh, cleaving the undead flesh and breaking the spell that uh, knit his unseen sinews. That's where I kind of got the 
there is a physical form up until he dies. Or yeah, he, I see. Until they, they, they kill him. Um, but, so, Mary has just had this ancient magic sword that alone could have hurt the Black Captain, or the, the King of the Nazgul, the Agmar King, whatever. And it's just like, that felt a little, like, anti-Chekhov's gum, where he just... <laughs> like it, I don't remember that being set up. If I mean, yes, he, he mentions it's it's from the Barrow Downs. That was like half, like a third of the way through Fellowship. I remember that. I don't remember Mary taking a a, a sword from there, and it 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 was a, like it felt like last minute. Uh, oh yeah, this is the only thing that could have done it, and not like in the moment. I feel like maybe been a little bit more effective of just like. He stabbed it, and the history of the the blade, and the the man who forged it, uh, imbued it with the the strength to cut the the captain's knee in half or whatever, and right. so it was. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, you no, know, I mean I I do agree completely because like from a modern storytelling perspective, it feels very jarring and like overly convenient to be like wow isn't it lucky that Mary had you know just the sword that would be able to break through like the the fucking undead spell that makes the witch king of Angmar impervious to living men it feels like something that Tolkien would have been better off not expositing on because you wouldn't have thought about it otherwise, but Tolkien is also, again, so thorough and so specific in his world building that, like, because he knows this thing about the Witch King of Angmar, he's going to make sure that you know it too. Yep. And so, um, I do think it kind of falls back again on the whole drawing on the cl- the like the classical storytelling notion of exactly what you said, Josh, where. It has to do with the lineage of the people and their deeds and this and that. And, you know, it, 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 it feels very much like, you know, destiny that um, that Mary would have such a blade and that he would eventually drive it into the Witch King in this moment. So I'm of two minds of it because it's like, yeah, I... <laughs> Any fucking st- like if the Lord of the Rings was written in twenty twenty four, if I was reading this now, I'd be like, "Well, this is fucking." It would be like when I was reading Hitchhikers, and every fucking time I was like, "This coincidence is way too fucking insane." I'm like, "There is no fucking way. This is nuts." But with the Lord of the Rings, I'm like, "Okay, well, it's classical epic storytelling, so even the stupid shit." is supposed to be that way, right? You know? Yep. That's just my take, but... (laughs) But I I agree with you pointing it out. Yeah, definitely. Was that your last note there? That was, in fact, my last note of these chapters. Okay. Um... So the other things I want to mention here, I'll wrap up my notes too. We've been, I know we've been talking for a while. I know. My recording is at two and a half hours. Well. The two shortest chapters too, huh? 
Yeah, that's <laughs> been our longest fucking podcast so far. Holy shit. It's, it's been a while talking. since we've talked. It is. Plus, we took a 20-minute detour to talk about our fucking uh, tap water when we were yes. growing up. So. Yes. No, that did not, that did not help <laughs> in terms of the length of the podcast. It helped in terms of the discussion, though. I mean, it was the right move. Oh, yeah. People are going to love that shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I, I will not we keep should, us here longer. We should call this did. the tap water episode. Be a good one. Uh, so here's two short things I want to shout out, and then I'll end with my last real note. One, I like that the chapter ends with, like, this dour song commemorating the fallen warriors. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked about how in Helm's Deep, it feels like Tolkien just gives lip service to the people who die. But here, there's named characters who are like, yeah, like these people are dead. And no, of course they are not in the same tier as main characters. But they are people who have been mentioned. Like when the Dunedain show up in that chapter where it's like, oh, are they enemies? And it's like, no. I guess Tolkien likes to pull that trick a lot. But it's like, no, <laughs> they're here to help. And Aragorn's like, oh, it's you guys. Some of those people are dead now. They're they're yeah. dead. Uh, so it's, I appreciate it's, you went back and like confirmed that these people showed up before because I did not have the bandwidth to do that on Sunday. I, well, I mean, I gotta be honest. I did not go back and literally check, but I am pretty damn sure that this is who Tolkien's reference. Then I appreciate that I appreciate that you have the memory to <laughs> it is these are it is mo- a memory you're confident thing. you're confident to make that assertion. I am. I'm I'm pretty certain that that is because I mean Tolkien drops a lot of names and I know that sometimes he does drop names without context, but like it really feels like he's like, hey, you've heard of these people before. They don't matter that much, but you have um, but it, it just felt like it was a better crack at, hey, even though these battles are not actually killing off the main characters, it doesn't mean they're not hard fought. It doesn't mean that there are not losses to, you know, acknowledge. So I, I like that we get this sort of bittersweet ending. Um... The other thing I I just, I do not necessarily want to talk about it unless you guys do. It's a weird thing maybe to bring up casually, but we've brought it up before and I just, I feel like I have to say it. On my copy, it's page 121. They're talking about like all the hosts of the men of the South, right? Uh, Who are fighting on behalf of Sauron. And we get this very quick description. It says, uh, he now was destroyed. I think they're talking about, you know, maybe the, the one of the leaders of their group, right? But Gothmog, the lieutenant of Morgul, had flung them into the fray. Easterlings with axes and variags of Khand, Southrons in Scarlet. And out of Far Harad, Black men like half trolls with white eyes and red tongues. <laughs> and just had to slip that in one more time. 
I really, honestly, I was like wondering, I was like, maybe I won't say it, but I don't know. It felt weird for me to take the note down and be like, eh, I'll just not say it. I just feel like I want to throw it out there because, especially because the previous chapter, the, the wild men are certainly described as dark skinned. And so I'm not trying to paint this picture of... Um, Tolkien only using darker skin as a shorthand for wickedness. Because already we have some good examples to the contrary. We have the wild men who, again, we just discussed, help the Rohirrim uh, get to uh, Gondor faster. And I think importantly, we have Samwise fucking Gamgee. And this is a late addition, but it just is true that he's brown. So I'm not trying to like twist Tolkien's words here and say like, hey, well, Tolkien's, you know, othering darker skinned people to, to portray them as evil. That's not my point here. <laughs> my point here is that even though that's not what he is solely doing, it does still feel like it is playing into a trope that has a strong historical connotation with racism. So it's not so much that like Tolkien, I think, is being racist. It's just more <laughs> that like he's incorporating this trope that has undeniably ties to racism. Yes. Again, He's I'm not being racist. I'm not like saying, hey, let's have a whole fucking discussion about that. I'm saying, hey, I noticed this and I wanted to mention it. If we're cool okay. with that and we don't want to add anything, then I'll go on to my last note. But uh I don't think I can I don't think I'm legally able to add anything to that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just, again, I was felt strongly about including that. Okay. Here's my real last note. Truly, truly the last one. It ties back to what I was saying in the end of the last chapter about how when Theoden like charges in the battle, the fucking sun rises or whatever. And like dawn emerges, it's morning, it's light. It's like, what's going on? Okay, so in my copy, it's page 117. When, when Eowyn kills the creature, um, here's the passage. It says... A swift stroke she dealt, skilled and deadly, the outstretched neck she clove asunder, and hewn and the hewn head fell like a stone. Backward she sprang as the huge shape crashed to ruin, vast wings outspread, crumpled on the earth, and with its fall, the shadow passed away, period. A light fell about her, and her hair shone in the sunrise, period. And suddenly I was like, oh, so that whole thing with like Theoden charging in the battle and the morning like happening or the or the sun revealing itself again it is literal and it's metaphorical and and I guess just ultimately 
Tolkien is using the literal use of light as something that denotes good triumphing over evil. You know, that, that, that's really maybe the, the most concise way I can say it. But, like, that passage really made it clear to me that it is literal and figurative at the same time. Um, and I think it's a cool way to do it. That's what I wanted to tie back into our discussion at the end of the previous chapter. Neat. Yeah, I, I yeah. Don't think I thought of it that way. No, I, I don't mean to be facetious or anything there. I, 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 like that really is neat. I hadn't thought about it that way, and um, it, you, you're right. I think it's funny that it's um, that's something that Tolkien's very good at doing, and has done it throughout probably each of these books. But um, it's something that we're only like picking up on right now because it's oh. it's spurred many debates of oh is this you know what is this is this real is the you know yes 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 connor thank you i was i was gonna forget to say this can you believe it thank you because not not only that but it, it did it did feel like it gave me more context to what we read previously because and I'm, I think you guys will remember, because I've brought it up several times now. But there have been passages that describe a light emanating from Frodo. And I have asked, hey, is this literal? Is there, like, fucking magic light powers that Frodo has that we don't know about that's going to be important in the fucking 11th hour of the story? I don't think so. I think it is Tolkien using this flowery, figurative language to talk about, like, the inherent goodness from within Frodo's heart as, like, the ring bearer, the the little, you know, uh, discounted, overlooked, tiny little thing that takes on the ultimate task of destroying this evil thing, there is a light about him just that, like, he is humble and selfless enough to be up to the task despite his, pun intended, shortcomings, which is, like, the whole deal with the hobbits, right? So I have been asking myself this whole time, is the light literal and this passage finally here at you know a third of the way through return of the king or whatever it is uh really did feel like it clarified almost confoundingly on the one hand no i don't think there is an actual fucking light shining out of frodo i think it's meant to like portray his nature and then also, sometimes it is literal. And sometimes it's both. And I think that's just all it is. Thank you for reminding me of that, Connor. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I'm no, I, I, I think that was a good, um, uh, you know, briefing on, on, yeah, one of the things maybe that Tolkien is, that, that makes his writing unique. Because you're right, um... And I think any interpretation is, you know, correct. However, you know, whichever flavor you like, whether it's literal or figurative or both or neither, 
you know correct or wrong correct or wrong <laughs> yeah and i i think tolkien would would agree with you up until the point you had an interpretation that was different from what he intended and he'd be like no nah, that's wrong but who cares so um Anyways, yes, I, I, I do certainly recognize this was a very long discussion. It is hilarious that it happened on the two shortest chapters. But um, thank you for sticking with us to this point. Thanks to my two fabulous co-hosts for their discussion. Um, and uh, I, I guess with all that being said, you know, I'm just happy to have a glorious return to Chapter Chumps with my two best friends. I love you. Connor, take us away. Well, thank you, Connor, for that, uh, that shout out. Right back at you, buddy. Um, yeah, if you, uh, if you like what you hear, you can support us on patreon.com slash chapter chumps. Um, if you want to follow us on the internet, we are on Twitter at Chapter Chumps. Definitely. Yes. At Chapter yeah, Chumps. That's, I, or Chapter Chumps Pod, but I think it is Chapter Chumps. Yes. Uh, we're all at, at the same handle um, on Instagram, at Chapter Chumps. Um, if you wanted to uh, email us, you could, e- you could do so at ChapterChumpsPod at gmail.com. Um, if, if you... Uh, are so inclined please uh, log on to iTunes well not iTunes it doesn't really exist anymore does it iTunes well I mean you you have an iTunes but like I it, like if you have I iTunes like it's you probably do. linked to Apple Music right I don't think it's even called no? that anymore is it well I don't know I've, I've I mean I don't it's weird to think but like I don't use iTunes anymore yeah I know I know I, like I don't listen to music on my fucking laptop. I used to do that even even like four years ago. I was deep into it. It feels yeah. like, and it's just gone now. Whatever. World is so fucked, man. Apple Music. I don't. Who cares? Oh, whatever hey, you're trying. What to else say, happened whatever. four years ago, Connor? What else happened four years ago? <laughs> Something about a know. stolen election. Yeah. I Sounds mean, about right. Biden would take away iTunes from us, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Much worse than any, anything the other guy could do. Um. Anyways, um. And now I, 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 I don't, I, I don't, I, I never loved iTunes. I never loved iTunes. Uh, no, dude. I would. I mean, like, I really. I was proud of like my curating and my, my iTunes library for a oh, long I know. time. That's, that's and now, true. That's true. now it's all gone. Now it feels like my, my Apple music is just like slop. I'll download 20 yeah. fucking albums that I'll never listen to. I, I, uh, no, you, you did a great job of curating your, your library and Thank most you. of them were, you know, downloaded, um, or I, I, you know, re- yeah. really, really actually purchased from the iTunes store. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. is what I, I mean, was saying. I, I, Ill- I illegally downloaded everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, 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 I have no love for the iTunes Store, but, um, but yeah, you know, having your own private library was exciting, and now yeah, it's all streaming, and it's, <laughs> it's uh, right. Who cares? Very different. Yeah, we don't. Who cares? We don't own anything. You know, whatever. We could all be gone one day, and we'd be fucked. Um, anyways. Um, if, if you, you know, if you, uh, listen to, um, 
Apple Podcasts, which used used to be part of iTunes, believe it or not. Um, yeah. But it's its own thing, Apple Podcasts. Uh, please go on there and um, rate us five stars and leave us a very nice review. Um, but don't tell Apple that we, we, we said all these mean things or they, they might remove us from the platform. True. But, uh, yeah, until next time. Drink tap water. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. Just drink water. That's healthy. <laughs>